On this episode of This Is Game Boy Light, we get extra squishy. Welcome, everybody, to another episode of This Is Game Boy Light. I never know what episodes we're on, especially now because I took a month off in December. Um, but with me, I have two very special guests. I have Sam and Alex, the developers of Squidlet. Hello. Hello. I am Sam. I'm Alex. Um, super appreciative of them coming on. Um, I know you guys done an interview uh, for a podcast in the past already i did listen to that it was really interesting to listen to so so yeah a little bit a little bit of things we've been up to um i'll just start quick i i played my friend is a raven which is a horror indie game with four different endings um very short game it's like 45 minutes maybe to do all four endings but uh, a pretty interesting playthrough the graphics are all hand-drawn Ooh, and like yeah yeah, there's, it's free on Steam, too, so it's oh, even ooh. better. And uh, they're releasing another game that actually looks more in-depth, and it's uh, My Paper Smile, which is coming out quarter two of 2020, which is, again, another hand-drawn uh, version of a game. So i um, really interested in checking that out. Uh, the sound effects and the audio is what you expect for a free you know, 20-minute indie game, but uh, it, it, was, it was good. I, I enjoyed it. I'd give it a... Uh, and a seven out of ten or an eight out of ten. Um, Sounds good. I'll have to check that out. Yeah, I, I I need I really need to play more indie games. <laughs> <laughs> I I play a ton of indie horror games. A ton of indie horror. Um, what else have I been up to? That's really about it. Submitted SGDQ games. Um, Titus the Fox, which I may flip out today for Yonkin Man. I bought that uh, about a couple months ago because I knew you ran it, and I was like, I should give this a go. <laughs> oh, Titus the Fox? Yeah. Yeah, it's, it's, a, it's, a, it's not a great game, but it's not a terrible game. <laughs> yeah. It's just, uh, when you get to like the last few worlds, you're just like, oh, I don't know what to do, and then you realize what you need to do, and you get really upset at the game. <laughs> oh, gotcha. <laughs> Is the run fun? Um, yeah, well, yeah. So, there's two different categories. There's easy and there's hard. Uh, easy makes, it makes the game run at, it's, it's a pretty slow run on easy, uh, because Titus walks at a pretty slow pace, enemies are a pretty slow pace. Yeah, it just kind of waddles around. Yeah. Uh, but if you play the game at hard, everything is like doubled the speed, basically. Uh-huh. Um, so like a normal, a normal or an easy mode run is like I don't know, twelve to fifteen minutes. Uh, a hard mode run is like seven minutes. <laughs> so uh, it literally just gets, gets cut in half. That's an interesting. But, uh, scaling difficulty. Yeah, I've never heard of that. Yeah, uh, it is definitely harder on hard though <laughs> because. <laughs> I bet. Because some of the platforms are real slippery later in the game, too. And uh, some of the holes that you'd be able to jump dive through or whatever it would be on normal, you just kind of can't do on hard, at least not to the degree that you could before. So, um, what else? Oh, I submitted uh, uh, Year Walk, which is a Swedish folklore horror puzzle game. Um, 
made by an indie, indie developer that was originally for mobile phones that got ported to Steam and the Wii U. So I'm, I'm really hoping that it's one on the out Wii of all U? of them gets in. Yeah. Oh, man. <laughs> <laughs> That's cool. So out of, out of all the games, I hope that one's the one that gets in. Um, and then Trip World. No, uh, yeah. The You've tech submitted demo. a lot of stuff to GDQ. This year is probably the most I've submitted. Yeah, I've never done all five submissions before. <laughs> but uh, I, I usually submit every year. I've been submitting to SGDQ since 2015. So wow. And I've ran in. I've ran Kirby's Dreamland normal mode as a race. Uh, at SGDQ 2016, and then I ran Kirby Streamland Extra Mode, which is the hardest difficulty at SGDQ 2018. So, and I just submitted Kirby Streamland Extra Mode this GDQ to race against Mr. Cab, um, and that would be hopefully my last hurrah with KDL ever again. I spent way too many hours into that game. <laughs> <laughs> The only game I could probably speedrun would be Kirby's Air Ride, and I really don't like the way that you uh, you spin in that game, where you have to waggle the controller. Oh, I usually just don't spin, <laughs> but is that's that... the only game I'm like good enough at where I could probably speedrun it. Is that the one where you had to hit into the walls and you kind of like spin into the wall to gain speed? Yeah, you can do that with the wheelie yeah. bike. Yeah, we uh, Pear Strike uh, runs that game. Him and I have talked about that game in, in in detail. I'm like, I don't know if I'd ever do that category. I would do the one where it's like the top down view, where it look just looks like Mario Kart basically. That is really fun and really underrated. Like that version, that that mode in that game is is amazing. Yeah, it it looks super fun. Um, but yeah. And then uh, I submitted Squidlet last year, but I didn't get in. But this year, luckily, you know, Nuclear got it in. So yeah, yeah. thank you, by the way. Was, <laughs> yeah, no, it's 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 a fun game to run. Um, my speed run time, I think, is like twelve minutes, thirty seconds, thirteen minutes. But I messed <laughs> up the. It was my first time using that little like uh, splitter thing, so I messed it up. So I never submitted it. Mm. Oh yeah, you get live split. Um, yeah, I, like I, I got it into its first marathon with Power Up with Pride, and then uh, I we had that. that big blind. We had that big blind race with it that I commentated, which was super fun. And I honestly didn't even expect it to take off like that at all. Um, I just happened to get like a. I got. I knew I would probably get it accepted because I know everyone that runs behind Power Up with Pride. Um, so like I had a. I had a probably a bit higher chance of getting it in compared to someone else but i was like i'm like eh, you know it's the the 10 minutes of glory for squidlet you know in its first marathon and then i get a dm from varen i think it was and she was just like hey we're gonna have a blind race of squidlet between like four or five different people are you free to commentate thursday night and i was like what <laughs> i was like uh yeah yeah it'd be great sure so and then all that happened and i was, I was just kind of in awe that you know, it it even happened with Squidlet because there are so many games I got submitted in the yeah. Power Up with Pride. Squidlet's so short, though. I think that helps. Yeah, it's a really good blind racing game, honestly, because like there's no there's no randomness at all. Um, oh yeah, it's very set. Yeah. So yeah, we're being careful very with static. randomness in Super Squidlet as well. We're like, yeah. Hmm. <laughs> 
But yeah, so that's pretty much what I've been up to. Um, what have you guys been up to? I know you guys are working on a new project right now, so... We are. We are. Um, well, uh, for the past month and a half, I have been putting cutscenes into Super Squidlet. Yeah. And uh, yesterday, I put in the final cutscene with dialogue in it. And so they're all in the game, and I've done a little over 30 yeah. in a month and a half. <laughs> That's what I've been doing. We went from like four cutscenes in in Squidlet to like to all of them. Yeah, <laughs> that's fun though. I I like cutscenes. Yeah, it's like they uh they were fun to do, but uh, after a while it gets it gets uh very repetitive. Like I've, <laughs> there are like four or five lines of code that I've memorized just from doing them over and over again, and that's for like uh, the the gml lines for like spawning text boxes on the screen and deleting text boxes yeah and like uh <laughs> game maker doesn't really help with uh help. it we had trouble getting fonts to work so like oh, yeah. what happens is it like each letter is just like a, a freaking is just drawn to the screen as oh. part of a sprite like like what what happened was that like there there is a there is a system in Game Maker for doing text. Yeah. But you created your own system for doing text, <laughs> which works in a very different way. The system for doing text didn't like that we were trying to like line it up perfectly and get pixel perfect for the Game Boy oh, aesthetic. Oh, yeah, that's true. So we had to make our own. Yeah. Yeah, I I I have Game Maker. One of my friends actually just made a game. Uh I I just I just play tested it the other night. Uh, and, and he made it in Game Maker. Uh, it's called Deku's Adventure, and it's about his dog. It's it's super cute. It's based off of like Super Nintendo graphics. Oh, cool. um, him and his wife did all the programming and art and everything to it. It's oh, it's so adorable. Oh my gosh, that's great. Uh, and, that sounds cool. And uh, he shot me a zip file. He's like, "Hey, were you still interested in playtesting?" I was like, "Oh, absolutely." And uh, he sent it to me. I, I think I sat there for like two hours just breaking the game <laughs> for it. I was like, yeah, you need to do this, 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 this. You soft lock right here. You can't kill yourself here. This and that, whatever. And I just went through the whole spiel. And then, um, but I was just like, I'm like, I want to see more of this game. Like, I want to see like a story of Deku, like whether it's him being lost in the woods and he needs to find his way back home or what it is. Like, I want to see a story with like, at least like an hour of gameplay now with this because it was so much fun. It was just a basic platformer. Uh, you played as Deku the dog, and when it, and you could shoot, quote unquote, which was just his bark, and you bark at squirrels and bees. And, oh, that's cute. Oh, it was so cool. Yeah, but it wasn't based after the Game Boy, so. <laughs> I love like little tiny games like that. Oh yeah. My, yeah, uh, I, I do too. Probably my, like, first of all, I haven't played that many indie games in comparison to, like, making them. Like, <laughs> I haven't played as much as I should, but my favorite one is probably Cellcraft, mm. um, which is kind of an older one, uh, old Flash game. And it's, like, you play as a cell and you can, like, run around, like, make yourself bigger by uh, accumulating fats for your lipid bilayer and like manage your metabolism and stuff and fight viruses off and stuff like and it's like extremely educational and helped me pass a lot of uh tests in high school 
I was going to say, that sounds like something I would have done in biology class. <laughs> but the thing is, that is really fun. Like, it's actually really fun, and I, I would just play it for just funsies after I was done. It using looks it like for it's <laughs> kind of like Command and Conquer or something. Yeah, it's a little bit of an RTS, but you manage inside your cell, and then you can move your whole, like, city around, essentially. Oh, sure, okay. That actually sounds really cool. <laughs> yeah, I love it. I... I've played a ton of indie games. I, I dominantly, I, I I very much steer towards indie games more than AAA titles nowadays. Mm. Um, but I, I in high school I used to make flash games a lot. Oh neat! And uh, that's cool. Only because that's all we had was flash. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so um, I used to do a lot of flash games. Um, Stick Death was really popular in high school, so I think I made a lot that. of. Made a lot of stick death games, comics. Made a lot of comics based off of that kind of stuff with friends. Um, we made some racing games. Um, yeah, we've done a lot with. I've done a lot with Flash, and then ever since then, I I just I never dealt with it at all. And then when that uh, Game Boy Studio program came to be, where you can make your own Game Boy game, yeah, uh, and kind of port it to a cart if you need to, because it'll compile it into assembly. Um. I uh, I downloaded it and I I think I made one level so far just to see how everything works and I was like oh this is kind of cool so I'm kind of want to like poke into play, uh, figuring out how to do something with that um, I want to do like a Guardian Legends type game with I it, love Guardian so. Legends it's such a good game so we'll we'll see if I have time find time to do that <laughs> in the in the next few years but. Um, yeah, I don't know. Like indie games to me are just they're they're so unique because I I look back at some of the indie games that I've played in really recent history. So like we have Celeste, mm. like that game exploded, Ooh, yeah. you know, out of nowhere. Shovel Knight, that game again exploded out of nowhere. Yeah. Um, Squidlet is getting bigger <laughs> now, which is really which is really fun to watch. Uh, the community is growing as well. Yeah, there's so many um, nice people. Oh yeah, yeah. So I mean, it's a, it's fun to see these indie games. Honestly, get some of them get more hype than some of the tr- some of the triple uh, A titles coming out. Like Celeste was in the running for Game of the Year against some really big hitting games like uh Red Dead Redemption and God of War and all those other ones. Oh, it's man. like that that game should not have been in that running, you know, in quote unquote video game industry speak, but the fact that, that game you know got was A really good and B just has so much love towards it that it just it yeah. it almost won, you know. That's good. Good for them. Yeah. Now the unfortunate side is those indie companies will probably get gobbled up and turn into AAA yeah. studios. But <laughs> I mean, like that's well. I mean, not okay. First of all, I don't really play AAA either. <laughs> I mostly play like old AA. Is kind of my yeah. like kind of my my what I like what I usually go for because I'm very much a console gamer. I don't play on the PC very often, which is really hampers my... Like, I think the newest console yeah. you've played lately is... Uh, oh, the Switch. Yeah, you, I played the... You play played Smash the, Bros. Yeah, we have like... That's... We got like four games for the Switch. Yeah. So, <laughs> one of them's ours. Um, <laughs> and, and, uh... But, uh, like... I really think that the quote-unquote indie scene is actually normal and AAA is the weird thing. 
Like, if you yeah. look at the way games were made in the 80s and the 90s, like, that much more resembles today's indie scene than mm-hmm. than um, yeah. the AAA scene does. So, like, I don't know. Like, I, I really think the indie games are really what's really the true continuation of that. Yeah, I agree with that. I also think the indie games are what hold is holding a balance right now yeah. for us yeah. too, because because I I think back to even Game Boy Color, Game Boy Advance days, just we had so much shovelware yeah, on those systems yeah. because and they were all quote unquote triple A titles, you know. Even if it was Mary Kate Ashley or In Sync, this you know whatever it was, it was still quote unquote triple A titles because it was made by a triple A studio. Yeah. Mm-hmm. The Wii was full of a lot of that as well, but the Wii yeah. had a lot of also really good games. The Wii was a mixed bag of something. It definitely was. <laughs> but uh, it's it's been nice now within the last, I don't know what, 10, 15 years, you know, the indie scene has started really to rise up, you know, whether it's from developers from old studios. Um, yeah, that too. Or, you know, people like, you know, people like you that are interested in game game design, game development, and want to make their own games. Like, there's a lot of this happening, and it's causing a really nice balance between, hey, I still want that nostalgia, I still want that, that old feeling, I want to support, you know, these people. But at the same time, I also still like my, you know, Assassin's Creed, my God of Wars, and everything else, too. So it's giving that nice balance into there, and... I don't. We don't have to sacrifice, you know, yeah, exactly. on one side of the spectrum of hey, this game doesn't have X Y Z, you know, stuff to it, while the AAA game does, and the AAA game doesn't have A B C to it, while this indie game does. So it definitely causes a nice balance in this industry right now, at least as a gamer in itself. So, yeah, the competition between the two is very healthy. Yeah, or at least yes, it, healthy like. I think so. Maybe I'm not as like aware of what everything that goes on or not, but like, com- like spreading around ideas and stuff is very healthy. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. All right. Well, we're gonna take our first break here and actually deep more deep dive into Squidlet. So. back everybody so squidlet first first game you two have i guess made in a sense where like it got released to the general public yeah 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 um why game boy Uh... (laughs) 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 i've been asked this enough time to think i would have like a prepared response uh it's (laughs) <laughs> it's really about like creativity through limitation. Mm, yes. And okay. uh choosing the Game Boy as a thing to uh like go after gave specific um like specific boundaries cuz like in a lot of engines nowadays like 
your your dreams are the limit really yeah yeah but by right. giving yourself a project with a specific limitation of something like a game boy where it's like you can't have more than 40 sprites in a line or uh, 10 sprites in a line or 40 yeah 10 sprites in a line or 40 sprites on the screen or uh, these all these limitations it helps you set boundaries to make it more uh to make a project more like realistic realistic <laughs> and like something you can really look at and expect to actually take on i also really am obsessed with old consoles oh, and yeah. i just i love them all to that all to death like i there's just something about them that just gets me obsessed with their little intricacies and stuff and i wanted to make something that was that emulated that emulating is not the right word because it has different connotations like today but mm. we tried to yeah. mimic um, yeah. mimic yeah. that because i i look back i look at uh, venture kid which is the mega man clone mm. and and um it's more of a i would say it's a hybrid between the, the nes and this in the snes type art style um but then I also like a Shovel Knight as well too. And theirs is very heavily catered to the NES. Uh, they've even outright said that hey, like if this game wasn't so big, it could you could put you could play it on an NES cartridge because uh, they also limited themselves to five colors per sprite and all the other restrictions there is to the NES as well too. The, the NES is also uh, three colors and a uh, and a blank color though. So. The- they base it off of the Mega Man sprites. Oh, yeah, the Mega Man sprite is mm. is two different sprites on top of each other. So like the the face and everything else of Mega Man is a separate sprite than that of its body. Um, so they do. So technically, the NES does like four colors and uh, whatever you know, whatever else for the uh, for the second sprite. Yeah. But Shovel Knight was just like, hey, we're just gonna make this one sprite, so we're just gonna do five colors instead. So it's kind of just added it together. Um, so with, with with Squidlet being on the Game Boy platform, we'll say you know it's it's mimicking the the Game Boy. How hard was it to create sprites and scenery and just aesthetic through green and black? <laughs> um. So like, on the one hand, uh, it was. I mean, there's a lot of limitations, and they do, like, get in the way. But on the other hand, like, you can fudge colors. Like, whereas on with something with uh, color, you would need, like, gray and green and something, and black and blue. Uh, you could, like, fudge, like, um, you could use one grayscale uh, color to represent two separate colors. Um I've noticed that since we've moved to Super Squidlet, it's been a little harder to, um, like, the color limitation has come even more, like, in the way <laughs> than it was on the Game Boy because, mm-hmm. like, oh, really? we're working with so many more colors than before. We can't just, like, use the same color gray to represent two co- separate colors on the same creature. Yeah, with with the Game Boy, it was more about, like, color through context. Yeah. So, like, you could see the pattern on the wall and just understand that this is meant to be shading. Yeah, based exactly. Based off of, like, how it's shaped and the pattern. Like, if you need dark green and dark blue 
you need green, blue, dark green, dark blue, all of a sudden you're at four colors, you can't have that. But if you need like a representation of what would be dark green and dark blue, you can use like the same color for that in black and white. It was gotcha. That's interesting. Okay. Because like you only have three colors for sprite, and you only have four colors overall. So it's like you know, or you already mm-hmm. got access right, to most yeah. of your. <laughs> yeah. That's interesting because I I would think going into color would be easier, even though you still have a you have a color limitation still going into, uh, the Game Boy Color. There's, I would say. I don't know. For me, I guess it would be easier to go into color just simply because of of a more creativity expansion. Because, like, I for me, I think the hard part for me, like when I did that one level in the Game Boy um, uh, program, was figuring out how to differentiate different like biomes, differentiate mm. like mm. different type of. Uh, just like sprites in general, it's like I can shape a sprite differently and it can be a different sprite. But if I want to have, say, like three different types of ghouls, like sh- like sh- shaping the three ghouls to be the same, but then shading the three ghouls to be different, mm-hmm. I, I found different. I found difficult. Yeah, that is uh, having yeah. you know the four different biomes, you know, or however many different biomes I wanted. So like I had I had a snow I had a, a snow biome which was basically just like a, a light green because you can't have white on the Game Boy, essentially. Um, and then I had like a desert biome, which then you just had, you know, a less light green with, st- with spots in it. So it was really hard for me to, for me to artistically like show off like the different types of lands mm. through, you know, that I could, that could depict to. But if I had color, then I could do white, brown, green, whatever i wanted um so that's interesting to hear that you you guys are finding it harder to go into color than it is with the restricted four color uh space with with the game boy like uh that comes back into the whole like limitations like you actually making the project easier to complete (laughs) for lack of better words um (laughs) like Squidlet only has like what two biomes, and then like Squid Squat's yeah. lab has some stuff in the background too. So that's kind of another biome. Yeah. Like the game would have been much bigger, and it might not have come out at all if we had tried for color immediately. Yeah, because we didn't have any funding. No, <laughs> right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I mean, that's a tough part too. It, that you know, that that plays it definitely plays a factor in this. Like I, you know, that's what a lot of the Kickstarters do. You know, like people go out to Kickstarters like, hey, I need. X amount of money to make this game because you know we're not getting paid for this. You know mm-hmm. we we need we need money for licensing and programs and whatever it may be. And uh, yeah, like licensing so, program, making sure we can eat while we're developing. <laughs> right, right, yeah, making sh- yeah. If it's if it's not your main job, then yeah, you yeah. know, making sure that you have money to support yourself. And I don't know, it's 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 fun because. Like I, 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 I've played Squidlet. I, I don't even know how many times I've played Squidlet at this point, but uh, it, it's interesting. Like when you first start off in the game, like you ink the start. You don't, you don't just press start to start the game. Mm-hmm. You literally like you have an animation to start the game. <laughs> you jump up and you ink the start. Um, 
was there just and it was that just to be kind of different because that every was... Game Boy every Game Boy game that I have played all two hundred and almost thirty. <laughs> I don't think I've ever had an interactive title screen like that before. <laughs> that was because, like, once you started the game, that meant that you already knew, like, everything yeah. you needed to in order to complete it. Like, that, that, was, <laughs> yeah, that was definitely, like, very inspired by um, uh, Super Mario Brothers. Was it? I, well, I'm, I remember talking about, like, how Super Mario Brothers has that beginning and, like, how they designed the first level like the positioning of Mario so you know to go right mm. uh, you can't progress without knowing how to jump because of the first Goomba and all that kind of stuff and the start screen of Squidlet is designed to make sure that you know the one mechanic of Squidlet which is jumping and inking before you start the game I like I liked it. I was just like, I'm like start. I'm like, yep. I, I I think I actually pressed start the first time I ever loaded it up. I sat there and pressed start. I'm like, nothing's happening. <laughs> um, because this was the time like we didn't have that pause menu. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. So I was like, see, I'm like, nothing's happening. So I was, it was just like jumping, jumping ink, and it's like A and B. I'm like, all right, it's just jump up ink, and the game starts. I was like, oh, that's really interesting. Like I. Almost wish games back then did that because it's almost just like a tutorial. Because there have been a number of people who've like took them a while to figure it out because it it is kind of bizarre, I guess. Yeah, it's it's a little bizarre, but I I kind of like it. Yeah, I very much like it. It's like a tutorial because like I don't have manuals for eighty percent of my Game Boy library, you know. So it's like I don't. So like if there's no manual online or a Game Facts online. I have to figure out how to play this game by you know on by scratch. Even um, if you get like a digital manual, though, like I've never read one of those. Like, yeah, <laughs> that's fair. I haven't I either. Making one, but we ended up uh, deciding not to. Yeah, we got some pictures for it, but yeah. uh, and it had like a little a little story for it. you know how like there's a little bit of story in each of each of the oh, manuals yeah. at the start of them. Yep. Yeah. I I miss those honestly. Like whenever I buy like new games now. With the exception of the the Ori game that just came out, like I open up, um, what's my last? Oh, um, um, Mario Odyssey. Hmm. Like I open that up, and I'm just like, oh, there's no like real manual in here. Like I like I miss as a kid, like going to the store, you know, buying a game, whether if it's you know Metal Gear or Kirby or something. Taking the plastic off, looking at the back, reading the back of the cartridge, yeah, you know, or like the back of the box, and then opening the box and taking the manual out, and then flipping to like the second page because that's where like the actual like story was, where like reading about the story. Yeah, it's like yeah. it's like oh, Liquid Snake, you know, has done this and this and this, and wants to you know steal a nuclear bomb and you know whatever else. And you're like oh god, yeah, you just you keep scrolling through. I was like the you know. Bios. Yeah. Yeah, you keep scrolling through the manual and then you hit like the sprites, you know, like the characters and it's like, oh, like like, you know, for Legend of Zelda, you know, and then you have, you know, the goblin, the moblins, the, you know, Link, then you have the items like, oh you know, they just get really, really excited about it. At least as a kid you did. And then you play it and you have that excitement going into that that, that playtime, unless the game was just complete garbage. You have that excitement going into the playtime, you're just like, Yeah, this is super awesome, this is amazing. And now I buy new games, I don't get that excitement anymore. Like that whole like 
opening the treasure box is just gone for me now, which yeah. is really unfortunate. Hmm. Yeah. Yeah, I remember going to like going to GameStop and buying like an expansion for World of Warcraft and like opening the box and reading the manual to see all the changes and stuff. And that was that was fantastic. That's God. I remember buying. I remember. I remember buying physical copies of WoW expansions. Yeah, yeah. God, those were the days. I remember standing in line for them. Yeah. Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> Man, I think the last physical one I bought was uh, Wrath of the Lich King. No, we had Mist of Pandaria. Physical... Oh no! Well, I mean, yeah, we we I bought the Mist of Pandaria box for you when uh, I was trying to get you to play. <laughs> yeah, I think the last physical one I have is Wrath as well too. It's, it's sitting in my closet still. So, along with all the other stuff that I have. Um, but yeah, no, and it's just, it, it feels, it, so like, I got uh, I got a copy of uh, Axiom Verge and Dragon Boy for the Switch. Ooh. And those came with manuals. Oh, neat. And I was just like, oh, this is cool. And I sat there and I did exactly what I did. 20 some years ago sat there and flipped and read through the manuals and i got and i got really excited for the game i still haven't played them yet but i got really excited for the game so i i always appreciate even if it is like a digital copy even if i don't get to it right away i do appreciate having just like a manual just so i can like flip through one way or another just like read it because like it's not just me getting excited it's also like seeing the excitement of like the the creator of the manuals too because like you can definitely tell when someone is really into the manuals and when someone is not really not into making the manuals because i've seen the spectrum because i have three boxes full of them where it's like they sit there and they write just a really passionate plot and the screenshots are gorgeous. The sprite work is fantastic. There's no blurriness. Like, there's actually detail to the background. And then there's some that's just literally just a white manual with, like, four four sentences for the plot. And there's no detail at all throughout the entire manual. It's just directly to the point. So you can tell when someone's, like, really into it when someone's not really into it. Mm-hmm. And when they're really into it, that brings a lot more excitement into, into playing the game. So... Well, if we can afford it, we'll make sure to put one in any physical releases we do. Yeah. Oh, physical. Well, we don't have any hard plans for that, but... Yeah, we'd love to, but... Yeah. <laughs> physical releases are something else, too, especially in the indie scene. Like, oh, you yeah. know this probably way better than me, but, like, you have to... Once you've made the game, right, you have to find a publisher for it, right, to get a to get a release yeah. unless you know how to do it yourself <laughs> yeah you have to find some company that'd be willing to do a physical printing run yeah like like uh what are they uh limited time games or limited yeah, time limited runs press. limited run yeah limited run isn't limited it? run that's it's what limited. it is yeah interesting okay so progressing through through squidlet uh the first stage again we have that castle up and it's not in the sky technically it's on top of the mountain. <laughs> yeah. Uh, <laughs> just kind of in the background there. Yeah. Um, that would, it feels like it's very much inspired from... Um, oh, I can't think of the name now. Um, I can't think of the NES game at the top of my head. But you can see like the final level... Uh, Ninja Gaiden. So you can kind of see like the oh. castle in oh. the background. The cutscenes. Hadn't played it like, at the oh. time. So you're like, oh, that's where I need to go. Like That's the end of it all right there. And then once you've defeated... 
I forgot the final boss's name. The castle just crumbles and goes away. Uh, similar inspiration there, or you just wanted to have the castle in the background? Uh, I hadn't played Ninja Gaiden at the point of Squid that's released. I played it now. Uh, it makes me upset. Um, <laughs> and um, I, I did get pretty far in it, though, but uh, I'm not it's hard sure game. I'll give it another go for a while. It's um, very hard. A very hard game. Like I was fine with it until there was that like weird like jump, jump around the. I think most people know what it is. That weird like block that's coming down off the, off the ceiling, and you have to get under it and jump really weird. Anyway, that's another story. But um, <laughs> um, that was just like um, uh, like Thalmage the Squizzard was just like talking about uh, there's a spoopy castle, and then, and then you don't see a spoopy castle anywhere. I was like, oh, we got to put a spoopy castle here so that people can see it, and it's like there it is. And uh, you start out in Blipston and Super Squid as well, and you can you can yeah. still see it in the background. Nice. You're actually on the the like you go left at the beginning, and you start in Blipston, and you can still kind of see to the right, like the first like the town's the same. I wanted that to be like canon, like yeah. what the town was like. And if we ever do like a 3D game, the town's gonna be like a line of of buildings. She's <laughs> like on a single road, just a single, yeah. Like... <laughs> <laughs> the the amount of times like when I was sitting there trying to break the game that that one night the amount of times I sat there and tried to like make that castle just let me go to the final stage it was amazing like I spent like 45 minutes that night just like like I don't this is probably just a spray but just to make sure like I sat there 45 <laughs> minutes trying to like make that castle let me go to like stage 4 <laughs> and be done <laughs> that'd be funny <laughs> But uh, yeah, as we move through the town, um, what I thought were fireballs are flowers or bushes, right? Those mm. uh, like they're like, they're like round to the bottom. They're like right before the the houses. Like what, yeah, as you've those, walked those past. Are, uh, uh, oh, and I think little, those are the pots of petunias. Yeah, I, I wanted the first obstacle petunias. to be a, like a pot of petunias. Okay, <laughs> at first I'm like, I'm like fireball. I'm like, oh, I'm already in trouble. And I inked it. Nothing happened. I landed on top of it. Nothing happened. I'm like, this is a bush. <laughs> <laughs> we still have that bush in Super Squid. <laughs> um, but in the first stage, you have so many squidlets. Oh, yes. So many. Oh, so many. Right they off live the, there. <laughs> right. You have so many at the start. My, my favorite set is towards the end of that first screen, and it's the band. And <laughs> that's probably my my, my favorite squidlet set of the, of the whole whole section, and then and then you have squidlets randomly throughout the game. Uh, you have the Metal Gear squidlet, who is the one that was supposed to go out and Riverjack. Yeah, yeah. Um, he was the one that was supposed to go out and uh, I forgot the lore already. Uh, not fight Squid Squat, but he uh, he was sent to investigate investigate the investigate. castle before you, but he was being stealthy, so he took a really long time. Mm-hmm. Right, <laughs> and found wall meat. I yes. appreciated that so much a lot. <laughs> um, but as so, like the first screen is just, is basically it's your basic tutorial. Like it teaches you how to jump on top of ledges, and it teaches you. Not really had an ink yet, but you kind of get the gist of how the ink works, especially from the start screen. 
And if you're jumping like a, t- a casual player, like I inked all over the place when I first started because it was cute. <laughs> so you, you understand the inky mechanic definitely by this point too. Then you're tossed into the second screen where you have the Viking Squidlet. Oh, yes. Who I, I thought was amazing as well too. Yeah. I love um, And uh, I always run into that first wall. I always forget to jump still to this day. That one little ledge. Um, and then you face coffee against your first oblong. Which is an interesting sprite in itself. I can understand the the snails and the and the uh, the uh, the caterpillars. I can't remember the actual caterpillars' Sharker names pillars. now. Sharker pillars. Yeah. Um, I can understand those, but yeah, oblongs are a major part of the game. They so like are. they're introduced. They're introduced right away. What was the idea behind the oblong? And why introduce them right away, like literally right outside of the town? So the Ooblugs are actually there was a while I while I was messing around with Game Maker in like couple like a, maybe a year before Squidlet started being made. Um, like there was a one of the demos was a like thing where you played as an Ooblug who was Artemis, the one that you free from the. Um, uh, from the cell and you go around and you can like push blocks and stuff and it never got very far but like it, they were like some of the sprites from that are uh, not they're like touched up versions of that original game sprites um, and ooblugs are just like alongside squidlets I've been drawing them for a while or creatures that are inspired by them or that were inspired to become them like I, I draw a lot of fairy shrimp because i like them and they're kind of based on fairy shrimp and unfortunately like they have six arms which really limited their ability to be drawn in such a tiny tiny mm, yeah. thing they have they have four arms and two legs so six and um oh they do yeah they got they have four arms and that's yeah, that's why they look so weird shot. is because that was really hard to draw, especially when I was like I didn't know how to draw very well. <laughs> <laughs> and I, so, I never no, I never noticed the the six the six uh, limbs before. So like Artemis is a of course a playable character in the second game, and actually on his run sprite, there's we just kind of hide the second pair of arms. Yeah, we, we just, <laughs> Alex ended up just like. We just have this canon of like you'll just tuck his arms into his sleeves. Yeah, and have to yeah. Have his main arms out, and the other ones are like tucked in the sleeves or something. They're also slightly <laughs> taller now. Uh, Squit Squat. Yeah. The canon is that Squit Squat has put out a decree that all Ooblugs should stand up straight, and so they're <laughs> slightly taller. Yeah. And um, uh, we do everything we can to not break the fourth wall. Like, yeah. <laughs> uh, Plimp is canonically colorblind, which is why that uh, the the game is in black and white, and why the doctor's like, "Wow, that's so weird that you think everything's green." Um, and uh, she gets rainbow <laughs> eye drops in the second game that allows her to see in color. Yeah. Oh, it's amazing. <laughs> <laughs> that is amazing. Um, so yeah, so you introduce them. Really early on, big, big, big role in the game. Like you, literally, you see them in every stage of the game. Yeah. Are they? They're Squid Squats minions, essentially, right? Yeah, most of them are. Yes. Yeah. Okay. Um, because we come across a little town 
right before stage three. Like I, between stage two and stage three is probably my second favorite part of the game because it's not really a stage per se. It's almost like an interactive cutscene throughout <laughs> that you can just happen to skip a stage if you really want to. <laughs> yeah, but uh, um, it's it's really fun to interact with the Ubugs because. You typically they typically shoot at you or they hurt you, but in this case, you can talk to the whole town. Some of them even give you muffins. Oh yes. Um, why are there two different sides of ooblugs? Um, uh, the ones that don't hurt you are not employed to be guards. Like they're just villagers. <laughs> yeah. oh, okay. Um, so it's like it's like when you see like a dog wandering down the street. And, like, a dog catcher would, like, chase it and capture it. But a random person would be like, oh, aren't you sweet? And, yeah. like, <laughs> give it a treat and then send it on its way. Sure. Okay. Yeah, squidlets are pests to ooblugs. Like, they live in the walls and just kind of squeak and be bothersome. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's why they spray okay. for them. <laughs> So in that town, is that where Squisquat recruits the guards from that town, or is there another That's town? That's her town. Yeah, Squisquat is the empress, or the, she calls herself emperor, but she's the empress of uh, of the kingdom that uh, okay. that town is in. Okay. And that is her her seat of power. And, gotcha. And like uh, once you enter the castle after that, Ubla guard is like, no squidlets allowed in, and. Uh, uh, that you're essentially in the castle from there on out, and that's just like the inside of the castle. That's where the living quarters are. Mm-hmm. Oh, it's like the courtyard. Okay, yeah, I it's see. like a courtyard. Yeah, oh, I didn't even think of it like that. Like you pass I just the thought, outer walls, oh, and then wow. you go into like the inside of the castle city. Yeah, the castle is three tiered, as you can see from the sprite in the first screen, and like the outer wall, which you you crash into on the hovercraft, is the first one. The library is the second level, and then Squid Squat's Keep is the third level. Oh, this is just completely blowing my mind. <laughs> I didn't I didn't think about this at all at that level. Oh wow. <laughs> Because like yeah, you fly, you fly into the castle wall or like a wall. I just assumed it was like a wall that you just had to get around. No, it's the first level it, of the castle. It's the first like tier of the castle. Yeah. Oh my god, I am mind blown right now <laughs> by this. Wow, I did not connect that to. Wow. All right. Thank you for sharing that. That's oh, that's a whole no. That's a whole another level of lore that I just did not <laughs> did not think about with this game at all. That that adds a lot of complexity. That adds a lot more complexity to the lore of this game. Because like when a when a typical well when a, a a person would play this like for for me for example like the first few times I played this. Um, I actually didn't read the text boxes at all. I just kind of mashed my way through it. And I got stuck at the wall because I actually have to hit right at the selection screen because I'm not a squidlet or, you know, whatever it was. <laughs> so, like, the third or fourth time coming through, like, I was like, oh, I need to submit this to a marathon. Let me figure out what the lore is <laughs> to squidlet uh, so I actually can be able to commentate the game. Um, so I sit there and I, I, I talk to every Every squidlet I could find, every oobleg I could find, it read every dialogue box that popped up, oh and and I was just like, I got to, I got to the wall. And it says like Squid Squad God Emperor Castle, you know, 
like this is at the very end. It's like, okay, I'm at the castle now. But at the very beginning, it's like, no squidlets are allowed in. It's like, I'm not a squidlet, <laughs> dot, dot, dot. Oh, okay, you can pass right on through. And it's like, oh, okay, so I just literally just passed like a wall to get to the castle now. But now you guys are saying like, no, that's like the first level of the castle. And then the second one is the library. And I'm like, well, it, I'm just like, that makes a lot of sense because in the final cutscene, it just inks everything inside of the castle, yeah. and then everything outside of it, there's no ink at all. Like, they're not bothered at all by it. I'm like, oh, I'm like, this makes so much more sense now. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, yeah, it's like a little, it's like a kingdom, city state kind of thing. They yeah. have contact with the outside and, uh, Rule over, squat squat rules over, like the countryside. And yeah, yeah, yeah. Um. So again, just progressing through stage one again. You know, once you, 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 uh, we get to like a part where we have these, these enemies that throw down lightning rods, as well too. Mm. Um, at the end of that screen, you have to face off against an ooblug, a lightning rod. Um, a lightning rod enemy and Squidlet jumping and inking. There's a lot kind of going on on that part of the screen, but mm. the game performance wise is perfectly fine. Is so like with with sections like that throughout the game because there are some like that throughout the game where there is kind of a lot quote unquote going on. Mm-hmm. Um, how are you able to just? make it not go down to like two frames a second so to speak because like even in stage two when uh you fall down this this shaft essentially you have four or five oobongs with a with a with a with a, a major guard sitting there too and you kind of just ink over all five of them and you're dropping a lot of sprites down with also having sprites interactable sprites on the screen and every once in a while you'll hit one or two of them so that oobong is you know waving its hand in its air running around the screen. It's like, you have, there's a lot going on, especially for Game Boy terms. Um, was that kind of a, a nervous point for you coding this? Or was it just kind of like, hey, we can, we can do this and not suffer any type of performance issue at all? So that's the reason why the game is capped at 30 frames a second. Uh, we could have like done a slowdown thing where we slow down the frames like a Game Boy would. Like, we could have had the game run at 60 frames a second, and that would have solved a lot of camera nausea issues. Mm-hmm. But, like, because of that, people would have thought that, like, the game was actually running poorly. Like, we could have throttled the frames per second for that area, but people yeah. would have thought that the game was actually programmed poorly. <laughs> also, in terms of the game actually running well on your computer, like, it's only 160 by 144 it's like the literally like the tiniest screen it could possibly be i don't think squidlet is even like one gigabyte yeah it's 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 really small game it's very small it was a it was a quick download on switch even Um, too so the uh another thing is that like in that section after you fall down the shaft and you see like the the knight and the four ublug cast or the three or four ublug casters Another thing to remember is that, like, uh, all of those guys, they're only calling two sprites. Yeah. Like, the Ooblug casters are all calling one sprite. Mm-hmm. And the uh, the knight is calling on one sprite. Mm-hmm. So that that uh, the uh, having multiple objects that call upon the same resources helps the processing speed a lot as well. 
There's also gotcha. uh, those little oobugs who are on the ground. They're slightly lower because of the restrictions of number of sprites per line. Yeah. And the same goes for, like, River Jack with his muffins that are in a little pit. <laughs> yep. <laughs> I was wondering about that. I was like, why are the muffins in a pit? Because it would have been too um, many sprites. Yep. Makes sense. <laughs> Interesting. Um, so, again, keep it in, in stage one. You get to the end. So, at the end, you have to kill off 12, 15... Uh, bugs essentially. Oh yes. Uh, um, and it's funny because you can either talk to the oobug that tells you, "Hey, you have to kill fifteen of these." And at the top, there's a counter, and there's a sound that it makes every time you kill one. I never noticed that until I played it on the Switch. <laughs> but if you if you don't talk to the oobug, there's no counter and there's no sound effect. Yeah. I I never noticed that until I played it on the Switch. I thought that was a really interesting addition into there. Um, most people are going to talk to it. If you're a casual player, you're going to just talk to the blog. Just talk to everyone. Most people um, ink on him first, which is why he wears the hat. Yeah. <laughs> oh, I didn't realize that at all. <laughs> That's why he has one of those uh, wicker circle hats. Yeah. I don't know what those are properly called. I, I thought he was a farmer. He is. Yeah, he is. Oh, okay. He has a rice yeah. patty. Yeah. <laughs> it's a tiered I, I just, farm. I was just like, oh, it's it, he's a farmer and he has a bunch of insects on his farm and it's up to us to to go beat them all. Okay. I didn't realize the hat was to protect him from ink as well, too. Oh, yes. Yeah. Huh. Squidlet's about. Yep. <laughs> there are squidlets in Dimdar Hills. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, so once you go through and, and ink up all the enemies, you get to go on this flying contraption from is it another oobug at the end of the stage too? It's a different oobug, right? No, it's the same guy. That's the same guy. He. Uh, it is the same person. Okay. In the beginning of the game, people went would go back and try to talk to the the first instance of that guy. So we actually updated it so that he walks off screen now. <laughs> yeah. Well, we had, we had it updated so he would like teleport to the other side, and then we decided that he should actually like walk off screen. And yeah. Then uh, like wait for you at the other end of the farm. Gotcha. Okay. So it's the same oobug. Now he gives you a fly contraption. Now you get go. Now you go go across to uh, shark or fly. Mm-hmm. So a shmup fight. You know, just a a, a basic shoot 'em up. But it's interesting too is that depending on how far away you are from shark or fly, you get a different attack. Um, what? How many shoot 'em ups did you all play to get inspired by a shoot 'em up boss? Because it again, that's a really interesting dynamic to a Game Boy game as well too. Because there aren't many Game Boy games that steer away from being a platformer and then going into a a shoot 'em up. There's only a handful that I can think of off the top of my head. At least right now, and it's Mega Man Five for the Game Boy and Batman for the Game Boy. And there's Mario, uh, Mario Land. And, there, and there's Mario Super Mario Land One, right? So, but, but Super Mario Land 1 had worlds or levels dedicated to a hill, to a whole shoot 'em up versus, uh, you get a flying contraption and now you're instantly into a, a shoot 'em up, which the first time playing this thing, you may die a few times. Like it was actually a pretty difficult fight for me the first couple times because it's got a lot of health, it's got 60 health. It has, it has a ton of health. Yeah, it does. Um, it has a ton of health, and depending on how far away you are from the shark or fly, it does two different attacks. It'll either do a uh, like a try shot at you, yeah, or it was, or it shoots uh, fireballs at you as Acid well balls. too. Depending, 
Yeah, depending on how far away you are. And I, I was getting owned like the first few times I fought the boss. I was like, what is happening? And I'm like, I don't under I'm like, I'm decent at shmups, but this is this is hard right now. Um So the reason for the uh though the reason that you can go faster with the um uh your shots is kind of taken from centipede where the closer you shoot you know there can only be one uh shot sprite on the screen at a time right and that was uh because like you got sprites to per line to worry about again so you can only mm -hmm. have one in front of you and so you can shoot faster if you get closer and risk more which was also really fun um and uh just uh, the the acid loogies are just there so that like um <laughs> you, <laughs> it's this acid yeah. uh, um they're actually called loogies in the code um <laughs> and uh they're there so that you can't uh, just uh, it's like sit well, like sit there next to the like touching the uh, yeah the sharker fly and just spam them down and like three or four seconds because the uh, the try shot can't hit you if you're in certain areas yeah. so the loogies are there to take care of that right okay huh and then yeah once you defeat sharkerfly you fly off he had this adorable cutscene of plip flying this aircraft and crashing into the side of the the side of the of the castle you can still ink um, and you can still shoot and ink during it as well too another interactive cutscene um, and then you land and there's a bunch of muffins on the steps leading up to the guard. Uh, and then, so <laughs> I have to ask when you created the dialogue box for the Ubla guard, did you purposely make it so that a person had to press right in order to pass through? <laughs> um, a bit like, so like pressing right, um, yeah, we just didn't want you to have to... You could just press A to mash through. Yeah. <laughs> Smart. <laughs> there was... Like, when I first played, I was like, A, 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 A. I'm like, I just... I've seen this dialogue box three times now. Right. Oh, okay. <laughs> just get through. I'm like, okay. Gotcha. Uh, I was like, I'm I'm like, I'm, a sh I'm sure they intended me to read that now. <laughs> so... But uh, once you get in, you're... You're right into the fray of things. Like, there's kind of just not a lean into the stage type deal. There's a as soon as you make that first jump, you're introduced to a ghoul and an ooblug uh, caster right away. Um, and then once you've maneuvered through that, this is where a lot of inking, like this, is where like your inking skill really comes heavily into play because some of the pits that you could fall into if you Instead of just falling and jumping up or jumping over them, you can just ink over them. And you really just don't lose any time at all uh, because you maintain basically your height while while inking. Um, when, when you made Squidlet and more dominantly the ability to ink with Plip, uh, I know we talked about this a little bit before, but with his with its inking, you can do a pot. We can do what we call a pause buffer and speed running, where we can actually start to lift off into the air uh, <laughs> while inking a little bit. Um, when inking, did you have to think about like, hey, I need to put some sort of delay into this, or was it a 
let's just keep into the game and let people find it if they find it. So yeah, that was a you definitely ha- we definitely had a delay, and that's actually the reason yeah. for the uh, the flip. That was where the flip initially came in, is because like it waits until you're done flipping for a second animation to do, and you can also the player can see that they're not done flipping yet, so they can see that they're not that they can't ink again until their flip is over. Mm-hmm. I I okay. remember uh, playing one of the earliest builds of Squidlet before the flip was in there, and we we had so much fun just like mashing spacebar as fast <laughs> as we could, <laughs> watching Flip like fly off into space as she spams ink. In like a solid screen, <laughs> uh, it, was, it was very entertaining. But we were like, we can't, we can't let players go through the game like this. <laughs> um. So in the second stage, it's it's a lot of downwardness in the stage too, which is why which is really confused me more that it was the first level of the castle now too, because there's a lot of downward movement. Mm. Um. So going through. Uh, and getting into the the prison section, so much later on into stage two, get into that prison section. You have three different prison cells. The first one is the Muffin Man. I call him all the time because he <laughs> runs out and throws muffins behind him. Yeah. <laughs> um, the second one is just a, an oobleg that's just chilling. Basically, they're the Ooblug. I don't know if you've uh, talked to the Ooblug who's all like a uh, garbage theory and stuff like that. That's them. Oh, yeah, okay. And then you have the third one that obviously gives you the key. Yeah, and we his name is Artemis, and we don't actually have his name displayed anywhere in the game. No, we don't because yeah. it just we didn't really have we wanted the game to flow, but we probably should have put it in there somewhere. Yeah, yeah. Because from from that door on, Artemis follows you up until the stairwell to the Squisquat Castle, like the main part of the castle, right? That's Ar- that's Artemis sleeping on the on the steps, right? Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. So going through the the prison section there, like you talk to you talk to the the sleeping Ooblog, like oh no one's gonna come in here and pester me, Get, and he just drops a key, yeah. and then. So, like, you have this one key, and then you have the three cells. What was the thought behind having the three cells, A, and then B, uh, did you think about putting, like, an enemy behind one of the cells, where, like, if if Plip were to open it, he would have gotten hurt? Um, hmm. Uh, we didn't really think about, because, like, that would have just... That would have been maybe... Un- that could have been done in a way which was unfair, and we wanted to avoid that. Mm, um like whereas like there's an enemy here all of a sudden ouch uh like we could have done that but like we kind of wanted to like the 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 muffin squidlet uh the like that is a thief like that they're just they're they (laughs) they steal muffins and (laughs) that's a no good but the other two were frankly not that bad of folks yeah yeah um like uh Levy, the uh, the one, uh, like, sorry, I know all their names just because, <laughs> but uh, that one uh, with the garbage theory, um, she she just it wasn't saying God Emperor after Squit Squat God Emperor, yeah, or maybe Squit Squat might right. have had another reason to jail her, mm, maybe, and bum, uh, bum, bum, bum. and Artemis was like actively defying Squit Squat at the time, so he was jailed as well. 
Yeah. Sure. Yeah, Artemis story I I understand up to a to a certain degree. The other one I I didn't completely get. Like it it made I could connect it to maybe a couple of the Ooblugs, but at the same time like I was like, oh they just didn't put God Emperor in front of Squisquas, so they just got jailed. I was like, alright. Um But yeah, tying it to all that together now that makes a lot more sense. Um and then the second stage boss. <laughs> so <laughs> a lot of us call it the washing machine. <laughs> um what was the idea behind this boss? Because it's it's an interesting layout for this boss too, because like once you've exited essentially the wall, you're into this almost eerie openness where there's only two enemies coming at you there's one muffin to pick up and like the music drastically changes to what was a fairly high tempo and you know a medium medium tone to like this almost quietness like eeriness as if something big you know like something you know ominous is going to happen and then you you enter this door and now you have this this mega enemy in front of you you have this boss in front of you and in the background you still see mountains you still see trees and shrubbery you you have all of this it's as if you're almost in a graveyard setting almost it is a haunted golem um, yeah even better I guess, so I guess that could be like the closest we ever get to a graveyard in that game yeah so. uh like those uh those two um little spirits that come out of it their names are uh Unibiru and Unibilu. Yeah. For right and left. They, uh, <laughs> and, and I'm pretty sure they are canonically Ooblug Yeah, ghosts. they're Ooblugs. Yeah. Um, oh, really? Okay. Yeah, they're Ooblug ghosts. And um, uh, they were honored by having their own um, having their own golem, which is based off a Japanese lantern. Mm-hmm. Okay. So, <clears throat> during that boss fight, it takes eight steps. And after eight steps, it's shoot at the top opens up um and then after some time the ghouls come out and attack you it it takes a while but they they do come out eventually um what was the idea so like so we go from shark or fly which is a shoot em up and a semi-difficult fight casually to uh this fight here which is very static eight steps opens a shoot jump up and eek into it uh, and then after three hits, it's down, and it just progressively gets a little faster. What was the idea behind going from the Sharker Fly fight to the Golem fight? Uh, the Golem was actually made first, and it was the first boss I'd ever made. So it was kind of simple. Oh, okay. <laughs> well, I, I, yeah, I was just... I was just curious behind the, the, the thought behind it. Because like, you look at some of the other bosses too. Like You look at Grimoire. That boss that boss has a lot of stuff going on with it. <laughs> you know? And then you look at Squish Squat, which on the surface is a seemingly simple fight. But there's also a lot of mechanic to Squish Squat fights as well too. Um, so just kind of seeing, seeing the Gullum there, it just made me think it's like, so, uh, uh, like, because when I first came across this thing, I was expecting this thing to, like, shoot, like, a fist off at me or Goomba stomp me or, you know, try and do something of the sort. Um, but uh, knowing that it was a first-designed boss, um, 
definitely, you know, makes a bit more sense too. Because I, I think about Alien Three on Game Boy, uh, made by Jason Austin, and he talked about how they had five weeks to make to make this game Gosh. for Probe <sighs> and get it out. And yeah, because I, I even asked him too later on. I was like, hey, like, is it was it more intense to develop back then or? Is it more intense to develop now? He's like back then, hundred percent, because you only had weeks to complete games. Yeah, yeah. Like you, oh, yeah. like the crunch time was insane. <clears throat> so like I asked him, and I was like, "Hey, like the final fight for Alien Three is literally just you have to push this exceptionally slow moving thing, and and honestly, just get lucky that you get the queen and push her into the lava." He's like, "Yeah." He's like, "I put that in like." three days before we released the game because we realized we didn't have any bosses. Oh, and I was man. like, oh. <laughs> so, oh. Um, 100% understandable. Um, but, uh, yeah, it's, it, it's it's crazy to think about it, too, because the, the Golem fight as well, too, just, just thinking about it is if you... Don't shoot down the shoot. You know the 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 spirits come out and attack you, um, which can be a little misleading too. Because when I first encountered the fight, I stayed very far away from it, and then it stopped and opened a shoot, and I didn't think anything of it. And I saw these two flying projectiles come out of it, and I'm like, "Oh, this isn't too bad." I just run and jump and and ink into, into the shoot, and then the first time I did it, I got hit by both sprites immediately. And I'm like. Okay, well, I clearly waited too long for this. So yeah, you could just kind of rush that boss, and it it can't really do much if you if you go fast against it. Yeah, yeah. It's very much a harder the first time you fight it if you don't figure it out immediately, which a lot mm-hmm. of people do. <laughs> yeah, if you overthink the boss, it is much harder than it is. And the thing is that boss is still <laughs> made up of like five six objects with different yeah. animations and stuff like coding wise it's not in complex like it's no it there's a lot going on with that boss like it animated wise there's a lot going on with that box because you have the legs at the at the bottom that have to move and then you have the shoot at the top that moves the the belly inside swirls and spirals like there's a lot going on with that boss yeah and also um, it extinguishes when you uh, when you ink in it yeah yeah, and and then it breaks down after the third ink. So like, there's a lot, there's just a lot going on with that with that boss. So even though it is quote unquote a simple boss, it's the animation to it is very complex. So, um, but we move on and we go into the town, the townsfolk. Uh, this is by by far my second favorite part of the game. Oh yay! Um, I I it's it's something you don't encounter in a Game Boy game. Or any type of game, really, unless you're playing like an RPG. Um, like you go into this town and everyone's happy, friendly. You have a scientist who's like, "Hey, can I put an experiment with you?" Yeah, hurts you, gives you a muffin. Awesome, you know. It's like, oh, that was cute. Um, you go into the cafe, you know, and it's like, uh, and then you go on top of the cafe. There's someone else there. Like there, like there's little like these shops, and it's this, it's its own interactable little town. That, you know, on the surface may not be much, like, you may just walk through it, but, like, if you interact with each one of those oobugs, like, they're their own different personality throughout the entire town, just like it would be, you know, in real life. And I thought that was a nice touch 
to the game too because it wasn't just stage 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 like it is typically in other in the other video game it was stage stage hey have a have a cute town and interact with the people of of this town and then it was stage stage you know and then you have the multiple endings with squiz squad um did you what was the thought of having the town in there like was that just kind of a hey we should put this in because it would be cute and it would be fun or was it was it in there to be like hey like this add additional lore essentially to squidlet yeah we wanted squidlet to be set in a like even though it's short we wanted it to be set in a world instead of like just levels yeah like we wanted it to feel more like uh like not everyone on this adventure is hostile and like um the people do things like squit squat's castle is a functioning society mm-hmm. and these characters do things and that cafe is actually a bar uh but it's been censored <laughs> you know how like uh they even got like frothy mugs in the background you know how like in uh i did notice that yeah most old uh games yeah. that come to america they censor beer into coffee yeah yep like, aren't you too young to be drinking coffee? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and um, uh, the Rubicans name is a combination of, uh, what's it, Rubinium? Uh, Rubus something, which is uh, for um, for coffee's genus or family. And then uh, Cannabis, which is the uh, name for the where hops comes from, for the genus of hops. <laughs> I I it's 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 cute too because it's like it's just like I said it's something you don't encounter in a in a in a platformer like it's something that I would if I were playing like Final like Final Fantasy or Secret of Mana or something like that I would ex- I would expect to see something like this but playing a platformer it's I would I would expect to see this maybe at the start of the game but never like in the middle of the game. Mm, yeah. Because um, like, I, I look back and like the only other game I can think of that does something like this is Castlevania 2 on NES, uh, Simon's Quest, because once you collected so many hearts, you have to go back to town, buy your stakes, buy your items, and then you go back out there again and go into the next castle and find the next piece of Dracula. Um, so it's just, it's interesting to see uh just all of like th- this whole realm basically like come together like in a, in a journey because a lot of times like you look at mario even like mario was stage 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 and the story was mario needs to go save daisy or mario needs to go save peach or mario needs to go save polina depending on which mario game or mario series that you're you're playing uh even even true with mega man like mega man is stage 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 with a couple cutscenes here and there but the end is Mega Man needs to go defeat the the robot masters and then go defeat Doctor Wily from taking over the world. Um, they could, you know, definitely have added what what you what you all did uh, into the games to add more more lore and more of a world around it. Um, but they just didn't. And honestly, like some of those games, like in result, like they end up getting comic books and cartoons anyway. So it kind of just helped wrap that world around a bit more for them. But uh, yeah, no, I, I was really appreciative because it was, it was a nice break too. Like even though it is a short game, it, it was a nice, nice break. Cause like I was, cause the first Ubla guy encounter, I tried to ink and nothing happened. 
because I, I thought it was another stage. And I realized I could interact with, with everyone there. And I was like, oh, this is this is fun. This is cute. You know, this is a nice takeaway from having to go and ink literally everything that I see. So I do appreciate that a lot. I'm glad that oh, yeah. I was a little worried that people would not like the breakup in gameplay. Um, but in the speed run, this is where the game gets a little crazy as well, too, because a certain individual, two certain individuals found out that you can skip this whole next level. Yes. <laughs> the reason so... that that's like that is because, you know the scene where the ink falls on the, the city? Yep. Uh, that's that's uh, not exactly the same room, but it's based on the other room. And so we needed to be able to see see to the right of the library tower and to the mm. left of it. And oh, so that's why I it's see. like that. Interesting. That's why no other levels are connected to each uh -huh. other. Because mm -hmm. you see a bigger portion of the level in that scene. Right. Huh. Okay. Because, yeah, I, I remember testing many times trying to, like, pass the uh, second stage and see if I can connect the second stage to the third stage and then this and that, whatever. And it was like, none of these stages connect except for three and four. And, yeah. The fi then at the final screen, you get to see all the ink falling down. I never realized it was more to the right, though, than it was anything else. So, But, uh, yeah, Garita uh, found out that you can go from stage four back to stage three uh, by ink hovering off the top of the steps. And then uh, sent me the video, and I was like, oh, that's interesting. <laughs> and I sit there, and uh, I found out how to ink cover uh, with with pause buffering and to to lift plip up higher uh i at first initially did it by hand and got a ton of blisters doing it yeah, so then yeah. i i got a program and wrote a script to do it for me and we found out that at that time we can't we can skip stage three completely um but we didn't know how to humanly do it and then um I forgot who they were. Someone came along and figured out how to humanly pause buffer from the platform above the cafe all the way over to the top of that castle. <laughs> and uh, the the moderators and I were just like, no, this he had to be using turbo. Like, there's no way. And then I sat there and I spent like an hour on that stage. And I, I, I finally got it. And I was like, oh, no, this is possible. 100% possible. <laughs> There's so, now uh, a, um, a tool. If you press SL and O, or maybe it's just O now. I might have changed it. But uh, it'll bring up a uh, slow everything down tool that you yeah. can you can Ooh, adjust the frames motion. per second. And I put that in there for you guys to play with. Oh, appreciate that. And there's there's still some like little uh you can find that that um oh, what's his name? Uh Behion, the the knight yeah. that you can find like in treetops and stuff. Uh he's yep. in every level. Uh sometimes he, he's off screen completely, but uh other times you can you can find him and he's doing little stuff. Yeah. He's, yeah, he's on he's on top of the uh castle. Yeah. Between stage 3 and 4, right? Yeah. yeah. He's a controller yeah. object that uh controls that, animation. Yeah, he controls animation and he controls like uh, progressing through dialogue and he also controls like when to mute sound channels and that kind of stuff along with uh Muzak, which is the little beatboxing squidlet next to him. 
Yeah. Right, I was about to bring I was about to bring them up. I was like, you have another sound controller basically that's kind of off screen most of the times too that um controls basically the tempo and the sync of everything too, so yeah, Muzak, the the beatbox and Squidlet uh, off screen uh, controls uh, when to turn off certain sound channels and turn them back on when a certain sound effects play. Behan, make sure everyone is uh, is animated to the beat of the music. Yeah. Interesting, because so with those so th- those two types of sprites, I I can't recall seeing them in other games. They're either do you so with that type of sprite, do you have to have a sprite that does that? No. And if so, do you have to show it or okay? No, we just like to put sprites on things so that we can frankly see them in the giant list of things that we like we could have made an invisible sprite do that yeah an invisible object do that but we just put it put a sprite on it because it was cute yeah gotcha (laughs) we're not gonna make a sprite Uh. for that but we (laughs) still uh, like when we're looking in our rooms we can see like which object to click on which that controls what and we can tell that by the whatever sprite we put on it it's it's mostly for us yeah gotcha so yeah going into Stage three. Stage three is, ugh. <laughs> Stage three is brutal. Is that the library. Um, yeah. The library. So right away we have to ink. Was it like eight books. Yeah. Um, I'm gonna comment on Plips jumping right now. <laughs> okay. uh, um, oh. <laughs> so. So. Plips jumping for the most part is really good, until you get to corner jumps yeah Mm -hmm. so when you get to a corner jump plip can do a lot of various different things typically most of the times though plip will just ink instead of actually jump and which means that you lose your jump input and you fall down um or sometimes if you're lucky plip will do what we call a double jump and Literally, the friend that you land, like, plip jumps immediately again. So, on flat surfaces, plips jumping is is basically basically perfect. Corners, though, was there challenges with the floor, like, the floor plane versus plip? Or, like, how to... Because, like, there's definitely... in you know, And I know you, we've talked about this in our Discord a few times, too, where... Like, hey, like, if we get to a corner, you're just like, yeah, we understand, you know, this, that, whatever. Like, what was the hard part about uh, the landing and the re-jumping again? So, the reason that that happens is because there's no coyote time in Squidlet, or there wasn't until, um, actually, until a little bit before the Switch release. So, like, you probably, you might know this, uh, where, like, you, most platformers, like, I think Mario might have started it. Uh, most platformers, I think after the SNES era, like, they would, uh, if you're off the, um, off a ledge, you can still jump for a frame or two. Yeah. And Squidlet didn't have yep. that, because you were supposed to be able to fall off a ledge a little bit, and then ink something below, and then get up to the next ledge with that. And that was gotcha. going to be used okay. more, but it wasn't really. Gotcha. Okay, that makes a lot more sense now. And so now there's either one frame or two frames of coyote time out of 30 a second. So you that uh, jumping off an edge happens, like that will happen much less often now. 
Gotcha. Because I remember when Garita and I were starting to contend for world record with each other, this stage was always the hindering point for both of us. Like, this was the restart, reset point for both of us. Because, like, we'd hit the edge, and it's like, oh, we're going to jump, and all of a sudden we'd eat we'd and fall down. We're like, oh, no. Mm-hmm. But the next run, we would be able to jump right away without inking. We're just like, we don't, I don't get it, you know? So... That that makes a lot more sense. I didn't understand. I didn't know what the uh, thought was behind, or like if there was like technical issues or how how all of that kind of kind of worked in place. Uh, for the most but, part, uh, that was just like a squidlet trying to like that like uh, so that you could fall off a ledge and then ink. Now you now it's a little yep. bit harder to fall off a ledge and ink, but you can jump properly after you. Or jump what feels like properly but isn't actually properly, because <laughs> um, there is a delay for like either a frame or two for either a computer screen or for human input or something like that by a frame for most video games, and so that coyote time is supposed to help with that. And um, in terms of like jumping a little bit before you hit the ground, that was just a glitch, and I think it's fixed now. Um, I, that's one of the main things that separates the current, uh, runs of Squidlet from the older runs, um, is that jumping glitch in Coyote time. Mm-hmm. And then to, uh, like, accommodate some of that stuff, uh, we move Squid Squat over to the, uh, to the left a bit at the final, um, at the final, mm-hmm. uh, boss so that the new runs will be slightly faster and, like, it won't be... I noticed that on the Switch, yeah. But, uh, so... In this library, you have to ink, eight, I think it's eight books. Yeah. So, the books obviously tie into Grimoire, right? The, the books are haunted or... They're magic. Or possessed, for a, for a better better word, yeah. I really like the aesthetic of the library. As much as I despise speedrunning the first part <laughs> of the stage, um, I really like the aesthetic of it. Because when you first go in... You have, uh, you have like these broken stained glass windows in the background. You have that's where the muffins um, came from. <laughs> Which makes sense because there's muffins by them. Yeah, there's there's always <laughs> a broken win- window to the left of a muffin because yeah. it's been launched via catapult. And that's why there's a number of them like Oh, at- that's what that catapult the start is for. Yeah. Oh my god, this is all making sense. And that's why there's three of them outside the castle before you enter it the first time. There's they've hit the wall and didn't hit a window, so there's a lot more outside the castle than there are than like accumulated there because they've just hit oh the wall. Oh my god. This is all making sense now. <laughs> <laughs> the catapult launches the muffins into the castle for you to infiltrate. Oh my yep, alright. We're <laughs> so we get introduced to I guess a new enemy in this one we have the uh, drop down I guess kind of a spider type type enemy here oh, where if you yeah. if you run under it it drops down and tries to it tries to hit you it's a clone <laughs> I'm sorry, I don't know all the sprites. Oh, sorry, names, it's a, so. a copepods or a little, uh, you know, plankton from uh, from SpongeBob. Yeah, yeah, he's a copepod. Oh, okay. <laughs> uh, <laughs> so inking inking the books again is is almost a challenge in itself too, because some of them are almost the same height as Plip's jump, 
And you also have a ceiling, so you have to be careful of. And they also move left to right. So a lot of times, too, if your timing is off, you can either ink cover over a book and try and get it. Oftentimes, you'll get hit, or you just have to sit there and wait for it. Mm-hmm. So you you guys you guys did the countdown killing for the garden in stage one. Yeah. Coming into the library, what was your level design thought of doing the library? So like was it was it to do another countdown quote unquote kill of the books because you knew the final boss was going to be Grimoire or did it just kind of happen like that? Um, so, like, the reason that it's such a maze, at least, is because um, the original, like, I'm going to make a video game, and like, uh, <laughs> like, and it was going to be a Metroidvania, and then I learned that, oh my god, there's a lot of them out there, there's no way that Tons. I can possibly, like, compete with all these amazing Metroidvanias out there, and so it was like, great, well, we're just going to do a straightforward thing, but mm-hmm. I still wanted to have kind of a maze level and for better or worse, uh, like, like, well, gosh darn it, at least one of these levels is going to be a maze. Um, <laughs> and uh, so um, uh, in terms of the books. Uh, in terms of the books, there is a backstory as to yes. why they exist. And there is a significant backstory for Grimoire that is tied into Squid Squat's backstory. And there is a reason why Grimoire is where they are. And these books, or Grimoire at least, is a sentient creature. Uh, but I don't want to spoil too much for Super Squidlet. <laughs> That's fair. That's we're we're going to explore fair. that a lot in nice. Super Squidlet. I like that. Nice. Okay. So, uh, me, me, the, the first time I went into this library, I I talked to the Ooblog. I was like, oh, okay, I have to defeat books. And even though like you didn't go th- completely through with the Metrovania feel... You definitely get, or like the the actual aesthetic of it. You definitely get the metro metro metrovania, yeah, Metroid feeling okay. <laughs> to to the to the to the stage itself. Because I remember, like, I got to like, I had like one book left. And I'm like, where is this final book? And I sat there and I went through went through all of my little things again, like went through all of the sections. I'm like, I don't see a book anywhere. And it just happened to be like, instead of taking, jumping left and keep going left, you had to jump right across the little bit of a chasm. And it was right there in that little, little cubby. And I'm just like, oh, it was right there the entire time. But like every time I go through it, even to this date, and like I have the stage memorized, it's like, I always double think myself. It's like, did I get every book because i don't talk to that oobug anymore in a speed run mm, so yeah. it's like did i did i get every book once i hit that final one by the door and i'm like we're gonna find out <laughs> and i hit and i'm like i luckily got a key so, so uh, most of the books are not i don't know about most of the books but either the books are in like a very linear like you will be able to find them if you just continue around the place or they are, if they're, like, behind a maze of some kind that takes some kind of, like, mental gymnastics and are like, oh my god, how do I get there? Uh, they're usually vis- visible 
from another book's location. Mm. Yeah. So we tried for that and probably could have done it a bit better. <laughs> I, I liked it. I, I As annoyed as that part of the stage is in a speed run, uh, it's, I, I like it because it's, it, it gives you a lot more, it, it, it basically helps show off like, Hey, how good is your movement in mm. Squidlet? Like yeah. as, as a speed runner to that, I, I appreciate it because it's like most of the stages, you know, is I can drop off this, I can hop up this, you know, and I basically do that throughout the stages. But however, I go into this first section of the library and it's nothing but basically steps, and steps are impossible in any video game. <laughs> so I I appreciate that, like, hey, like I get to put my movement skill to the test now because this whole game, like the whole speed run of Squidlet is movement based. Like everything is movement based. There's no RNG in the game at all. It's a it's a pure speed run of skill, essentially. So when we get to the library, like the library is your big separation of of your speedrunners like you have the people that you know if they've only put you know an hour or so into the game or a few runs into the game versus the people like great like uh garita myself and nuclear like we've put hours upon hundreds of runs into this game and you can see where that that skill set starts to curve up a bit towards Mm. the people that have actually played the game versus Mm -hmm. the people that are just starting into the game and uh, it's a it's a really good section of the game too to really hone in on that skill set too because even though you don't practice it a lot throughout the stages, a lot of the core concept of jumping off of the edges and inking off of edges and ink hovering over certain things applies to literally every stage of the game. So I, as annoying as many people find that section to be, I find it to be also annoying but it's the part of the run that really tests how well you know the game so oh. <laughs> uh, i i as much as it annoys me i also appreciate it at the same time <laughs> we weren't uh, we weren't thinking of speed runs at all while we were designing no and, <laughs> and you honestly shouldn't be uh like as a speed runner itself like we i've had We've I've had devs like ask me and like I mean communities and you know devs ask communities like hey should we cater this game to a speedrunner we're like no make it to what you want it to be like mm. this is your game you know this is not our game this is your game if we you know we're we're going to play it if we choose to play it like we're probably going to break parts of it and we're going to complain about parts of it but in the end like this is your this is this is your baby. Like you, you do what you want to do with it. So I'm glad we're um, on the right track for Super Squidlet. Then yeah, the only thing for Super Squidlet is we have a you can't just mash A through the most uh, dialogues because Plip has a lot more like dialogue choices now. Oh yeah. Ooh. So that's the only thing we're like, oh yeah, we'll get the speedrunners with this. Ha ha ha. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Now there's now there's choices for Plip where you have to choose like up or down. Yeah. Yeah. That yeah, too. It's not just left and right. Oh man. That just let Shin-chan. us put more uh, put more space on what he says. <laughs> yeah, that was the main reason for that. But yeah, now you got to press up and down too. <laughs> it's Shin Chan all over again. <laughs> <laughs> um, but once you add the the first part of the library, it's not all too bad. It's still a bit of a jump festival, so to speak, because um, the next section is there's a lot of basically chasms or 
pits, so to speak. It's not deadly pits, but just pits uh, that you have to jump or ink over. And again, depending on your timing, like you're going to get hurt or you're going to fall into a pit and maybe get hurt or you're going to fall into a pit and have to backtrack, excuse me, backtrack a little bit to get out of. Um, the library is like the library as a whole is a beast in itself. But my only question to the second part is how do the muffins get behind the door? So, you know how grimoire, uh, those aren't doors. Those are covers of books. Um, you oh, know how grimoire right. summons, uh, things. Yes. Uh, those bo- those are tiny books that are summoning muffins. Gotcha. Okay. So like you op- you open one of the books and it summons a muffin. Yeah. Because it's like a cookbook or something. Yeah. <laughs> I always it was like that that little muffin sprite too on the on the cover is adorable and I'm like oh a muffin muffin door boop and a muffin pops out and I'm like this is cute so I always open up all the muffin doors or muffin books now that every time I see them muffin book just oh, open yes. them. And the the books are chained to the shelves because I I don't like uh I had at the time recently learned about chained libraries, mm. which were like kind of a medieval thing where books were so expensive that if you were to go to a library you couldn't like walk out with the book like right, so yeah. they would be chained to the shelves and it's like well what if the books are chained to the shelves because they're dangerous yeah <laughs> <laughs> interesting okay huh yeah it's a wow it's... all right. I, I love all this inner, like, behind-the-scenes stuff. It's so interesting to hear, like, the thought process behind all of this. Um, so, one... I don't recommend calling it a weird thing, but one thing that I noticed is towards the end of the second section, if you fall down, you know, you fall straight down, don't touch any of the of the platforms on the left or right, you'll, you'll get hit by a, a ghoul. And you have the iframes to literally walk through the next two enemies without being hit. Hmm. This is towards the end of the stage. I think I I'm assuming. I'm assuming not intentional because, like, so, oh, no. like, you have you have two <laughs> drop offs, two big drop offs in the in the in this section. The first one is you drop off and, and then you run left and you come across a, a big pit that you basically can ink oh, ink hover over. Then you come up to another drop off again where you fall down. And you get hit by a ghoul on the way down. And then you go right instead of left. And you can actually just walk through the two enemies. So uh, I, I it, it always lines up perfect every time. Like even when I played it casually, it just lined up perfect every time. So I wasn't sure if it was intentional to do that or if it was it just happened to happen like that. No, it was not intentional. No. <laughs> And then at the very end, you get to open up a bunch of muffin books, which oh, yes. is really fun. In preparation <laughs> for Grimoire. Yeah. Yeah. And then you go to the Grimoire fight, which is a really complex fight. Like, honestly, it really is because Plip, Plip falls down, falls into the book, and then gets shot right back out. And, and that then was Grimoire to show, st- like, how people, like, because uh, we did a lot of playtesting in our local library with some uh, some students teenagers yeah from uh, um, high oh, cool. school next door yeah and um and they weren't entirely sure what to do with the book that they didn't know that you were supposed to jump in so that's that's there to show that you can go in the book yeah oh okay that's cool i didn't know you i didn't know you all did did uh external play testing so to speak oh we did yes yeah. nice um 
So you go into this book and get shot out, and then Grimmar hangs out in the corner, and then uh, opens the book basically, like it, it opens itself up. Um, but it also does like a little. The animations are also different that come out of the book, so the animations could be bees, bombs, sword, and a wand. Mm-hmm. And these outlines are basically the spell that Grimmar is about to cast if it's not inked inside of the book. Um, this part seemed actually pretty hard to design and program because it's not just a static screen. Like It actually scrolls to the left and to the right uh, when you have to get to the sword and to the wand as well, too. Not only that is that you can ink all of this stuff you know, you know, once it, once you've inked something four times, the book closes. But you can ink all this stuff three times, and it still remain in the book until you ink something a fourth time. Like, how hard was that to a save the critical inking progress that Plip did inside of the book? B like basically show off the animation of what was going to be cast, and then have the player basically cover that spell in the book and then see just like the, the the actual dynamic of the actual scene itself where everything is written out of sword bomb b and wand and having to uh scroll from side to side it was a nightmare um the scrolling <laughs> wasn't so bad uh so like you have the normal camera for all of the all of that section you're just stuck in the upper left-hand corner of the room for the mm-hmm. first part so the camera doesn't follow you so the camera wasn't okay. too bad um but like just grimoire checking to see which parts of it are are inked or not inked and then whether or not to summon something make sure not to summon yeah. two things and make sure not to so like each each of those like uh dictionary uh like entries in grimoire is a separate object and they have an inked value yeah. And if the ink value is four, uh, then uh, Grimoire knows that it cannot summon that particular thing. So, like, Grimoire will check between, like, one and four when it's going to summon an attack. And gotcha. when it does that, it calls upon the number it chose. And it, it essentially asks, do you have an ink value of four? And if that thing says no, then he does that attack. If it does, then he chooses another attack. And it sounds simple in theory, but, like, the number of bugs, like, this only was working, like, two weeks before we released. Like, yeah. it was horrible. It took months. It was the reason that Squidlet is so short. Yes. It it seemed really hard, because, like, on, on the server, you know, people, like, on the server, like, oh, I get to go inside this book and do this, but, like, I because I, I, I do coding as, as my main job, too, and, like, just looking at it, it's like, I have to go into a completely different screen, essentially, and all of these values have to basically be saved, buffered, and then calculated again on its next attack. Like, this doesn't seem like an easy thing to do, at least restricting yourself to a Game Boy hardware limitation. So It's actually all the same room. Yeah. And what's going on is that when you... When Plip touches Grimoire while they're open, it changes Plip's X and Y coordinate to the part of the room where the open book is. Yeah, it just teleports her. And it just teleports her to a different section of the room and then teleports you back after you ink something the fourth time. Gotcha, okay. And the the bees, the bees are always up there. Like, they're just always off screen, just kind of hanging out. Yeah. Uh, (laughs) 
and they, they just activate and then uh, those are the same like each line of B that's the same B it just teleports back up and keeps on going and then it eventually just gotcha. gets tired of doing that and sticks sticks at the top permanently gotcha and this is the only boss in the game that has two phases it has an extra phase to the fight <laughs> so once once you've defeated the four spells inside of the book grimoire is going to swoop and dive at you like Krakow does in, in Kirby Streamland. It is like Krakow, yes. <laughs> it is. Yes, it is. But, uh, Spending it thousands needs to get of hours in, in that order game. To, um, in order for you to ink, because you can only attack downwards, so I'm like, okay, so we have to attack it somehow, so downwards is the only option. Mm. <laughs> yeah, having to spend thousands of hours in Kirby Streamland. Yep. <laughs> I can. <laughs> um, so it swoops at you like Krakow. Uh, and that's fine, you know, dandy, but you can also hit it when it's up in the corner on its little ribbon. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. So I know Garita and I found that a couple months ago where if you just jump up and ink the bottom part of the ribbon, it counts as the hitbox of Grimoire, and we can actually do the, what we call a fast kill on, on Grimoire now. And, was, like... Uh, that's because uh, uh, like uh, Grimoire's doesn't hurt you unless it has like a sword or something out and even if it has a sword out the book itself doesn't hurt you uh, we wanted it to like hit you with weapons instead of be hostile itself yeah gotcha okay so with the the, the hitbox too for 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 the book so like, typically like your hitboxes are squares or rectangles with Grimoire, like when it comes down, it's just like a big square, then just a little rectangle that comes down for the ribbon. Or how did that end up being the way that it is? Um, I think it it is just a single square. First of all, yeah. I'm not sure exactly okay. like anymore how what the square is actually shaped like. A lot of the squares for um uh, stuff like that is not necessarily the same size as the boss itself. Yeah, just kind of like. Because then you could hit it like in between the pages or whatever. But I know it's just a single square. I could I could look it up at some point if you're curious. Gotcha. No, I was, uh, the more the more curious part was just like more so for Greta and I. Like, why didn't we figure out to ink the ribbon beforehand? You know, why, why did it take us a year to figure out to ink the ribbon before anything else? But um, it's just an interesting factor that that ribbon is like just low enough for for Plip to hit it. Um, oh, yes. And the ending too, like the end, the ending is really dramatic for the book too, because like it, it like it basically catches fire, and crashes to the ground. Yeah, like it's really dramatic. <laughs> um, like there's just there's so much to that boss fight. Just there's just so many like animations and fighting. Like there's just it's it's my favorite boss fight in the game. Oh yeah, um, that's good. It took the longest. Yeah, well, yeah. It better be. <laughs> I figured it did. <laughs> Um, and then at the end, you get this Ooblog that comes out and talks to you. And you're just like, oh, I didn't expect a little cutscene afterwards either. Uh, I don't remember what the Ooblog says anymore. but uh... On that uh, that area, the same room where you find Riverjack, Artemis is all like, we got to go to the library and like find the book that contains all the information in Squit Squat's kingdom. And mm -hmm. so uh, he meets you again in the library after you found it. And uh, he he reads the book and discovers the spell that Squid Squat's using, 
inside the book and how to uh, thwart it. It's conveniently ink. You can yeah. ink. <laughs> conveniently. Um, and, then, and then a door magically happens. Like, how does the door magically appear? Artemis has a little, like, he has a really quick animation where he does, like, a cast a spell thing and he just kind of the door. Yeah. He just kind of oh. blows a hole in the wall. Yeah, it's a hole in the wall. <laughs> um... And then yeah, we leave there. Then we get a we get a a a, uh, a cutscene with Squisquat talking to the knight, and I believe it's the first time we get to see the Squisquat as is. well too. Mm-hmm. So now we get to see the God Emperor uh, herself. So uh, again, we get to climb steps. Every person's favorite thing to do in a video <laughs> game. Who says um, a joke about it this time? Yeah. And then we get to come across Artemis sleeping on the steps, and it is the cutest sprite oh. ever. <laughs> He's supposed to be exhausted. Like, oh man, how do you? You're jumping the whole way. How are you jumping the stairs? Yeah. <laughs> what do they feed you? And the answer is muffins. Yeah. <laughs> it's simply it's it's so cute because it's just like this pile of oobleg just like sitting there, just like just taking a quick quick nap before it finishes its adventure to the castle yeah and you actually that's the last time you see artemis he's stopped by the guard at the at the gate yeah he's, he's actually yep. probably arrested at that point again yeah, he's probably just arrested again <laughs> yeah so then you get to, you know you go go to the guard and then uh it asks you are you a squidlet and then you have two two answers you can say yes with a question mark with a question mark or was it what maybe I think it is or yeah. no? Oh no, with a question mark and maybe with three dots. Maybe yeah, <laughs> yeah. Maybe. If you did, and if you say maybe dot dot dot, the guard actually hits you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And does damage to you. And then, but if you choose no question mark, the guard's like, oh okay, and you just walk right in. Yeah. Um, they don't see many squidlets in town because uh, pyrethrin's uh, squid anti squidlet spray. Um, yeah. Is pretty effective, especially since he keeps like testing and making new versions. And then you enter the final stage, and the final stage is not really maze-like, but definitely, again, has almost a metro Metroidvania feel to it a little bit, just because of the actual design of the stage. Because you're going right, and then you get to encounter the the slime sprites. Oh, and I'd like to say that those are, uh, um, I made a mistake with drawing those, and they're actually the only creature that's n- not in three-fourths perspective where you can see both the eyes. They have two eyes. I yes. should, uh, I've seen them be called eyeball creatures at points, and they, they have two <laughs> eyeballs. Yeah, uh, they are homunculuses. Homunculuses, yes. Yeah, they're like, uh, they're like a homunculus creature created by Squid Squad. Yeah, from her, from her cauldron. Gotcha. I always call them slime slime boys. Slime boys. You can call them that. <laughs> That's a good um, But this is the first time you get to see them as well, too. Um, and the last. <laughs> and, the, and the last. So, yeah, we're in the final stage now. But it's designed in a way that when you go right, you have to go up and over this mound and then down and up and to the right. And then there's, like, a little cavern to the side. They're like, oh, what's in that little cavern? Oh, it's a muffin. You can get yeah. a muffin, you have to climb up this treacherous like hill thing again. And then now all of a sudden I 
there's a button at the bottom and I don't know what to do with it type deal, right? Mm. Like your first time playing, like I'm gonna stand on this button. Oh, the door opens. How do I get up? And yeah, I jump off the button and the door closes. <laughs> oh, okay. So I need something on this button. Typical video game logic is I need to find a box to push onto this button. Not in the case of Squidlet. Squidlet, you need the slime boy to follow you to the button. Yeah, um, they're nice. <laughs> the first button that you come across though is you have two. Two ghouls that fly across the screen. One above the floor plane. And one, I don't know if it's still in the game or not, that flies in the floor plane. I haven't seen the one that flies into the floor plane for a while. So I don't know if you all got rid of that in a patch. Um, um, I, I don't think the first uh, button had that. There were other buttons that had one that was in in the floor, and that was removed because sometimes you would fall on it uh, at the wrong time, and it would fall into the floor. Yeah, and <laughs> I think it was almost impossible to get that one to hurt you anyway, mm-hmm. um, if I remember right. So it was just simply removed. Gotcha. Okay. And uh, the reason that there was like there's muffins in there, there's actually no windows because Squit Squat and the sunlight don't actually get along that well. Um, which is why you see her outside during the night mm-hmm. only. and uh, But uh, she does really like squidlet muffins, so she if she finds any, she will take them and hide them away in cubby holes in her lab. Yeah. That explains why she takes a whole muffin when she touches you. Yeah, and she eats it too because she likes them. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's just like, so... what's behind your ear? It's a muffin. <laughs> 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 so once you get onto this, once you get the, the slimy boy onto the button, you know, the door opens, you climb up. And then now you have the the plankton that falls down from the from the ceiling. Mm-hmm. Before we used to be able to ink it through the floor. Can't do that anymore now. So <laughs> that's actually unintentional <laughs> side effect of fixing the the way the ink works. I really miss that glitch. Um, I yeah. kind of want to patch it back in at some point. <laughs> <laughs> It was it's fun to see because you just don't think that you could do that. And also, you just ink right there and the thing just drops onto the button and you're done. Yeah. <laughs> um, but then you have to go around and then you have to have the plankton fall. And then you have to do like a ski jump and then ink the plankton onto the button. And then you have to have the slimy boy again follow you to a third button. Um, oh, can I, can I give a, a fun fact about that? Yes. Okay, so there's an invisible bowl of petunias that is on those steps before you get to that those really, really tall steps, so you're forced to touch it. And once you touch it, it takes the two doors from before on the level and teleports them in front of you. And so those are actually the exact same two doors that you were opening earlier. Huh. And that's uh, because we didn't want to have to, like give them individual identifiers and make more objects that are yeah. different but do the exact same thing. And so, like, because um, uh, otherwise if you would touch those buttons, it would have opened, like, every door in the room. Um, yeah. <laughs> and uh, so, yeah, and if you actually go backwards from that point, not that I have any reason, you have any reason to, you would actually, those doors are no longer there and the buttons are missing too. Yeah. Because they've teleported in front of you. Interesting. So you're saying if we just completely skip those steps by not touching the ground? Yeah. By like <laughs> ink covering above those steps before the uh before you meet that uh that umunculus that's supposed to help you. Mm-hmm. Oh, that is terribly difficult. Yeah, yeah. it'd be really hard. That's quite the quite the hefty high jump. Mm-hmm. 
but uh pull out the scripting program again yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um and the music even stops at one point so you can hear it happen like there's a little break in the um the beat of the music because that's where the explosion comes from or that's where the door opening comes from oh. and uh so there's a little oh. tick in the music when you touch that bowl of petunias Huh. I might have to listen to this now. <laughs> I did not notice that at all. Oh, that's good. Wow. That is a fun fact. <laughs> um, and the other thing is, too, is the crystals that shoot lightning between them. I, I called them pencils the first time I ever encountered they them. They do look like pencils. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, and that you... And, What's interesting with these is that, like, even though they're not enemies per se, they're still interactable. Where you can actually ink the bottom crystal, and it's not conductive to electricity anymore. Yeah, and that's like, um, there's, there's other. Uh, you can do the same thing to the uh, electric crystal rods that the Ooblug dragoons throw down on you and attract lightning. Mm-hmm. And that's kind of a reference to that. So, like, every time you encounter these crystals, if they're conducting electricity, you can ink on them. Gotcha. And there also uh there there's also crystal lamp posts in the Ooblog town you like so much. Yeah. Oh yeah, there is. I didn't even think about inking it. Oh you can't ink them. No. Oh. <laughs> they got little hats on top. Yeah, they got little hats. <laughs> That's why they got little hats. And then the magical ball right before Squiz Squad's room. Yes. Oh yes. That actually wasn't in the original release. Uh, we were going to put it somewhere else, but it would have been too many sprites per line in Squit Squat's dungeon, Squit Squat's final boss room. So yeah. we were like, oh, where do we put it? It's like, oh, right outside. There we go. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's fun because like when I, when I first came across it, I found it. And I was like, oh, it's this piece of the background. And I jumped on it and inked it, and it made a noise. I was like, oh, there's something to this. And I thought real deep into this magical ball. <laughs> And I was like, oh, there's something too, because like, why am I able to interact with something? And then I, I think I spent the next 20 minutes just like playing around with this magical ball. And oh, like that's, nothing ever happened. That's good. It was supposed to be like little significant because you could <laughs> yeah. ink on it. Now you can talk to it and it will say like, like you see a, something falling from the sky, but it's probably, a, you can't really make it out. So it's probably a load of hooey. Yeah. <laughs> And uh, the little now. animation in the middle of it is the uh, the meteor from the after the end screen. Oh, okay. That little <laughs> at the, after yeah. the end. That's yep. what you see in the crystal ball. <laughs> I didn't even notice that either. Well, I'm going to go replay this one. For the next game. Oh, yes, yes. <laughs> bum, 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 bum. And then we go against Squish Squat. And Squish Squat on the surface... Like I said, it seemed like an easy fight, but there's actually a, a lot to it because you have Plip and Squisquat on the same lines already, plus the cauldron that you have to ink, and that every time that you ink the cauldron, it shoots Plip one way or another. Yeah. Um, if you're a casual player of it, like you're obviously not taking the damage boost by the laser beams or running through the body, so you have to wait for Squisquat to completely come to one side and shoot a laser and then basically run down the bottom of 
the basement basically past a slimy boy because you, you put an obstacle down there that caught me off guard a couple times <laughs> yeah like it was it was kind of boring without the little slimy boy and yeah. like um you the slimes are also like immortal so they it'll continue right. to be a little obstacle down there even if you defeat it yeah and then you run to the other side and the cauldron is quest i was like what Wait, how'd you get over there? And it runs back over, then shoots a laser beam. Then you know you do you do the same thing, rinse and repeat to both sides. Um, this probably was a seemingly difficult fight to program as well, too. Simply be, more so because of the the feedback once you've once you've inked the cauldron and all the animations kind of sharing one unified area. Uh, the hardest part of of that one was definitely. Uh, the throwback once you uh, the explosion once you hit the thing because you need it because otherwise squid squat will catch you mm -hmm. and she will take your muffins <laughs> and right. um uh, but like you go so fast that it the collision uh code was just didn't work so we had to like make new collision code simply for that one instance yeah and i believe you guys early on were finding um issues with it where you could get stuck in the wall yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh it, it, it the, the feedback is fast like the feedback is fast and it's forceful yeah. so <laughs> it just kind of throws you into the wall <laughs> um so squid squat has laser beams oh mm -hmm. yes why laser beams uh, she could shoot laser. The laser beams from her eye are actually like little stun beams. Yeah. Yeah. She's not. She's not actually trying to like hurt you badly. She's just trying to like shoe like like she sees you as equivalent of like a mouse. Like a pet. She doesn't. Yeah. She doesn't <laughs> want to like kill you or something. She's just trying to get you to leave. Yeah. And gotcha. um, like stun you so that she can put you in her catapult. Yeah. Um. <laughs> watch you back out yeah, yeah that's what that's for in case yeah. a squid that comes in she just has a catapult for them she stuns them and then like puts them in the catapult and launches them away yeah let's see what was the question again oh why laser beams oh, um yeah. she's got these big yeah. old eyes and you know what big old eyes do in video games they shoot oh, laser yeah. beams yeah <laughs> And her eyes get like they get smaller uh, in, until they get small enough to the point where it's the same size as the laser beam. That's like essentially her closing her eyes. She can she can animate those um, like eyelids. Gotcha. Because when I first played when I first played this game, not knowing any of the character names at all, I uh, I called the final boss Zorak. If you ever watched Space Ghost, um, way yeah, way way back in the day. Yeah. So Zorak in Space Ghost also shot lasers from his eyes. So oh, really? That's why <laughs> yes. people call her Zorak. Uh, yeah. I didn't know that. Huh. Um She's also a bug. Yeah, she Zorak. she's a it's moth. also it's a she's, yeah. she's a dire moth. Yes. Uh, there's no, um, there's no, uh, like, the the world of Squidlet is named Squishu, and there's not a single vertebrate that is uh, native to Squishu. If there's a vertebrate or something that is, like, half vertebrate or resembles a vertebrate, it's, like, it's it's from somewhere else. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, Squat has two endings, once, you, once, you've def once you've inked her cauldron. Yeah. Yeah. 
you have an ending to hug Squisquat. Oh yes. Which which says, Tear, thank you, I needed that <laughs> to, yeah. to 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 a degree. Or it's a, a yeah. or it's a hey, take that sucker and then Squisquat gets angry and grabs you by the neck and throws into the catapult. <laughs> yeah. Um was there a reason to have two different endings? Because I know you, I know everyone, everyone leans to the hugging ending, oh, even yes. in a speed run. Because it is, even though it is quote unquote slower in the speed run, most of us cater to the hugging ending <laughs> oh, more yes. than the other one. Yeah. Um, that's actually, you know, uh, like when I was one of my first games ever was in fact like my first console games ever was Kirby's Dreamland. Before that, it was all like Humongous Entertainment and Ring- Reader Rabbit and stuff like that. But um, uh, I when I made like defeated Wispy Woods, I made Wispy Woods cry, and I felt yep. horrible. And so like <laughs> I would I would go up next to Wispy Woods and press down, and like to just kind of like rub my Kirby against the Wispy Woods as a hug. And so I was like, I need to be able to hug. Yeah. <laughs> Man, we have two different feelings for Wispy Woods. <laughs> And also, Squid Squad is very much like Sam's character, and very influenced by like yeah. Sam being silly uh, and stuff. Squid Squad is based off of an old D and D character of mine. Yeah. And okay. Oh, uh, she's she's very near and dear to my heart, and I'm I'm. It makes me smile a lot that, to see so many people like to give her a hug after her hard day of being a boss. Because she's trying to prevent a great, a great bad yes. thing. She's she's actually uh, she's she has a very good reason for casting this spell, and it is the crux of the adventure for Super Squidlet. Gotcha. I, I figured as much. Oh yeah. yeah. <laughs> and when, once once you told us there was a another Squidlet project in the works, I was like, okay, one of these endings are canon. Oh, the hug. <laughs> oh yeah. So, the hug is yeah. Canon. So that that makes so I I, I kind of tied two and two together with that one where I was like okay, they has told us that there's going to be a sequel. This is probably the ending that they wanted us to do. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, and then yeah, uh, Squid Squat watches Plip back into um, it's Plipston, right? That's the uh, name Blipston of the town. with a B. Blip Blipston. Yeah. yeah. Um. And you get the and the fun part about that is the credits because the credits it's it's raining ink as well too, <clears throat> and while you can control Plip in the credits and if you don't get inked on at all, when Plip lands on the ground, you get a great job yeah and it make and it makes a nice nice fanfare tune but if you get ink and if you get yeah and if you get inked once you know or whatever it is. When Plip lands, it leaves this ink spot on the ground, and it just says "Good job," I think it is, and you just hear a blip, and it bounces. No, you don't get right anything then. The yeah. yeah, get good scrub. <laughs> <laughs> um, that that's actually the the splatting yourself on the ground and getting clean. That's actually so that the last area of like the little the end scene can have Plip only one sprite for Plip, and it doesn't have to have every every color for Plip. Yeah. So you just kind of gotcha. hit the ground okay. and get clean. 
And that um, where you land is actually um, a perfect recreation of uh, the level right after Blipston, like a certain part of that level. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Hmm. yeah. So it's canonically like a space that you've been to. <laughs> I, f- I figured it was. I figured it was somewhere outside of the castle, but I couldn't picture where it was. I assumed it was on that pedestal that I kept getting stuck on. So, um, <laughs> I think it's but, where you uh, fight the second Unt snail. Could be wrong about that, though. Trying to remember the first stage in my head. Where the oh, okay, yeah, right there. <laughs> after after you encounter the first Ooblug. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> fun game, though. Really fun game. Oh, yeah. Um, how so? Like from from knowing that you two were going to develop this game to launch. How long did that? take a year yeah a year like well from knowing to, that we were going to develop it i don't know but like actual development took a year yeah and that's okay. m- mostly due to inexperience sure when uh when you were developing the game did you were, were did you expect it to go on to steam or itch.io or gog or anything of that sort at all or was it just kind of a Kind of just like a a dream of like, I'm going to make this game and maybe some people would want to play it on the internet. At at first, like, it was just, I'm going to make Sam happy by making this game and it's going to be cute and it's going to make her laugh. And um, It was was a project uh, for Alex to learn how game design is done and how to do it herself. And after a while, I started pushing her to like, take the project farther yeah and to to develop it more and to make it larger and uh, when it started to get to the size that it is now i started to try and help out like figuring out how we could publish this on steam and stuff because i saw that it was it's actually a a really nice little game and it deserves to have its tiny little fraction of the spotlight and so we put it on the steam and uh here we are today <laughs> <laughs> um because like i i because like when i i first watched mula play squidlet it must have been it was very early on it was months before i even got into the community uh and i watched him play it and uh it, he, he was like, oh, it's a cool game, fun game. It was, you know, it was Game Boy theme. That's why we, that's why he played it mainly. And then um, Sprinty Legs bought the game, picked it up, and started running it. And I was kind of in a limbo because, like, I, I literally just finished Kirby's Dreamland. Like, I just got the record in extra mode, this and that, whatever. And I was like, I, I'm like, I'm in a limbo of games. Like, I don't want to do. You had the I don't want to go back. I had it for a while. Oh, yeah, it's really yeah. cool. Congrats. Yeah, thank you. <laughs> Um, and then, and I was like, well, I'm like, I've, I've literally spent three years of my speedrunning career in the Kirby Streamland. Like, I, I'm like, there's nothing more for me to really add to this game. <laughs> and, and like, I found a lot of things that people thought that were tests only that I figured out how to do as a human and this and that, whatever. Like, I'm like, I'm, I'm like, I'm, I have nothing left to give to this game. And I'm like, I don't want to go out and do my previous games because I just don't find them as fun. And I'm like, I'm having a hard time finding a new game. 
So she was just like, hey, I try Squidlet. And I was like, okay. So bought the game. Like it was, It's, what, like $2 on Steam, wherever it is. It was 3 I bought the, the game. Yeah. 3 So bought the game, played it. And I was like, oh, it's a neat game. Pretty short. I think Blinded, I think Blinded took me 15 or 20 minutes. So I was like, all right, yeah. So I threw a couple runs. I like nothing serious at all. And I got down to like a 10-minute time. And I'm like, all right, that's probably good enough. And then took another like long speed run limbo to, you know, again, just like, like, I don't know what to do. And Legs was just like, hey, like, you like breaking games. Let's go back to Squidlet. I was like, oh, I'm like, fine. Because at the time, like, Squidlet community was, what well, it was like Garita, Nora, Graham, kind of myself and Legs, basically. Like, it was like five of us. Yeah. So... <laughs> So there was like there was no tasking, like there was no glitch hunting. There was like none of that happening with Squidlet. And I was like, all right, sure, I'll I'll do what I can. So uh, I I got that program and started scripting a bunch of bunch of inputs for Squidlet just to see what would happen and how things worked and hitboxes and mechanics. And I got really really interested in the game just based off of that. And then when Garita showed me that. You can, that through stages three or four are connected, then I really got excited because I'm like, I can skip a complete level now. And like, how do we do this? Like, where do we do this? And then, um, and then basically from glitch hunting Squidlet, I got really, really into the speed run of Squidlet. And then basically the rest is history. Um, I, I soaked in how many hours do I have into Squidlet right now? Oh dear. Oh goodness. <laughs> Um. Uh oh. <laughs> scrolling through my Steam library, I know it's over twenty. Like some people have asked me, like, "Oh, how do you feel about all these speedrunners like taking your break game and breaking them over the knee?" I'm like, <laughs> they are getting so much playtime out of this tiny little itty bitty game. Like, oh, yeah. I am just over the moon how happy I am that people are playing a, it more than once. Yeah. A ten a ten minute speedrun. I have twenty four hours into this game. <laughs> so uh man over mars has 13 hours into this game sprinty legs has 11 and mula has 48 minutes so <laughs> i know nuclear has something ridiculous i bet nuclear has something insane as well too yeah. someone um, has played it for 300 hours i think that's new what that's yeah. probably nuclear. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> left a review of like of like it's good and it has like three hundred hours. <laughs> it's alright. Three hundred hours. <laughs> um, but that that's what really pulled me in was was the glitch hunting, and then uh, once I once I got in, you know, Greta and I, you know, became really good friends, and then get into like helping each other like hey like what if we did this what if we did this and that's my favorite part of speedrunning community is not so much like the speedrunning of the game it's the what if we did this and like the collaboration of the runners together mm. um and then Nora kind of came back into the picture and then made a made a really nice tutorial of the game uh and a nice like speedrunning tutorial as well um the nuclear came across and like and then like the, someone posted on reddit for like a speed run weekly type thing and then we got more people involved and then with more people involved more eyeballs like more more things were found like the squish squat kills at the end now yeah um, there's so many different mm -hmm. kinds of that 
yeah, there's there's just so much happening now with so many different eyeballs, and that to me, like that's the fun part of speedrunning. Uh, it's not so much like getting the world record and getting a sweet time. It's the hey, what if you did this and this and this? Like, what is the outcome? Like, it could be absolutely nothing, but if you spent an hour, maybe it's game breaking. Maybe it's you know something we've never seen before. Or, you know, maybe it's a glitch and Sam and Alex are gonna patch it <laughs> next time they update Here the game. Come. You know, <laughs> so. Um, it's just, it's, that's, you know, and that's what really pulled me into the Squidly community and then uh, just seeing, like, how just nice people are is what really, probably yeah. what kept me around because, like, I've, I've been in communities where, like, people are just not appreciative, just pretty much jerks. Um, and I just sit there and I'm like, I don't want to be a part of this community at all. And I'll either, I'll either put the Discord on mute or I'll just leave the server. Um, but our, our Squidlet Discord, everyone is super nice, really helpful. Uh, even the new people coming in are just excited. Like we have people running Squid Percent, which that hasn't seen runs in two yeah. years, you know. And oh, it's like yeah. now all of a sudden, like it's becoming a hot thing. And it's like, oh, this is cool. And then we have our first one hundred percent run, and it's like, wow, okay. It's like there's a lot of action happening with Squidlet right now from these new people, and like these new people are finding cool little like jumping maneuvers and whatnot, like. Uh, I forgot who they were now. Ten, Tengren, Tengen. Yeah, yeah. That person is lot. Tegren. That person is phenomenal at double jumping off of edges. Just yeah. phenomenal at it. So good. So it's it's fun to watch like the different like skill sets of people, and it's fun to watch them like gain their skill sets too. Because like I remember like watching Garita and I play. You know, like our skill set is decent and then we and then like after nuclear came in and found a bunch of stuff it's like we now compare that to nuclear and it's like oh we can we can improve here here and here and here so we sit there and practice there 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 and there thank thankfully to the update that allows us to restart the level now um, <laughs> so there's this there's just so much to the game and we appreciate you guys listening to us it's like hey like there's a glitch here. Did you guys know about this? Or, hey, I came across this problem. Or, hey, have you thought about putting in restarting stages or restarting the game yeah. option <laughs> in the pause menu? That's in there for you guys. Um, yeah. <laughs> so, like, it's we, 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 all of us appreciate it because, like, there's a lot of times too, like, I'm in some Discord servers where, where the devs are there and the devs just don't talk at all like they'll sit there and they'll just read the the glitches that we post and then they'll go in and fix them and that's that's it like they just fix the glitches we're just like oh all right well i guess we're going to run on an older patch now because you know we don't want to we yeah, don't want to fix glitches that will learn. interfere with the run yeah so and and that you all are actually interactable with us like you guys actually interact with the community again it's something we all love, like all of us love talking to you in the Discord. Oh, Whether it's this random conversation of, hey, how are you doing today? To, hey, where are we at with Super Squidlet type <laughs> deals, you know? So, uh, well, super, super appreciate. Super oh, yeah, me too. Yeah, yeah, I, about that. Oh, yeah. It's like all we do, so like it's all oh, we yeah. have on our minds. So, sorry if we mention <laughs> it too much without saying anything, but we're just like, it's like, oh, no, you're we good. Do. Yeah. <laughs> Um, so we're gonna, with that, we're going to take another quick break. We'll do our, our normal closing stuff and uh, see what else Sam and Alex have on their plate. <laughs> 
stay tuned. back everybody so squidlet we've talked a lot about squidlet already um so we've briefed upon super squidlet here and there uh is there any more that you guys want to say about super squidlet Hmm. Hmm. what are your questions like if you ask something that we're like we're not gonna say we'll just say we're not gonna say perfect um you say Artemis is a playable character. Yes. Yes. He's kind of early in development right now, but yeah. um, but we have the two-player system working. Yeah. So Artemis is going to be like a player too. Yeah. Yeah. Hop okay. in, hop out. Drop. Um, is it going to be like arcade style where they're going to just share one screen? No. Um, I actually worked for quite a while on developing a system where game maker actually will spawn a second screen on the monitor and uh recalculates everything and so the player two has their own screen and it's a split screen it's another game boy yeah so it's it's canonically just another game boy with a link cable but because um if I played Titus the Fox. Have you ever played Titus the Fox two player? Uh, no. Titus, you haven't. No, I didn't know. So it was it, <laughs> yeah. So it's it's interesting how it does its two player because typically a Game Boy does exactly that where they split the screens out. But in two player, Titus the Fox, you can see everything shares one screen. So there's two Titus the Foxes on the screen. Uh-huh. One is a lighter color than the other. And they all interact and do everything together. So yeah. it's actually a really interesting co-op playthrough. Uh, I did it by myself because I don't have any friends. So uh, <laughs> no, no one. Well, none of my none of my like real life friends care about this stuff at all. Like they don't care about retro gaming. They're more into like the battle royales and the League of Legends and oh, stuff. Gotcha. So and I'm the oddball that sits here and plays games like as if I was in the '90s still. So, um, I, I emulated Titus the Fox and pulled up a two-player game because, like, there's no recording of two-player Titus the Fox at all. No one has ever seen it, apparently. Like, there's just no reviews about it. So, I'm like, oh, well, oh. I can emulate this Thank you easily. for forging a new, like, thing. Because, like, when I look yeah. up video games online, I'm, all, I'm always, like, trying to look up little things. And sometimes there's just nothing on oh, yeah. a game. And, a lot of that. Or a version. Yeah. And mm-hmm. so, thank you for contributing to that. Yeah, yeah, definitely. So, we like I got it working. I was like, "Oh, this is really cool!" And like I showed legs. I'm like, "Legs, like we could speed run this together. <laughs> like we could get two player world record in this easily. Like you don't even need to know the run." So, <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. So it was it was it was really cool to find. Um, the hardest part, honestly, with some of this stuff is like 
there's a lot of videos for like known games like Super Mario, Zelda, all of those. But like when you get into games like Prophecy Viking Child or <laughs> um, Chuck Rock on Game Boy, oh, Lemmings Rock. 2, like those types of games, like those games are, if you can find a video, great. And then sometimes, like, there's just no game facts for them. There's no manual scans for them. Like, there's just nothing for them. The biggest one that we came across was Swamp Thing. So, Swamp Thing on Game Boy is there was no video about how to play the game. There was no videos of the game, actually. There's no game facts of the game at all. No scanned manual. Um... And Mo and I sat there for hours figuring out how to play the game. We couldn't beat that. We couldn't. We could finish the first stage, but we would die instantly in the second stage. I wonder if there are games and, out there on like major consoles that no one has beaten. I don't know. Because like maybe like there's some really hard like well known games out there, but like imagine if they weren't well known and they were still that hard. I wonder. Yeah. Yeah. You know. Yeah. It's. That's kind of what we hope to find in the Game Boy, like with Mo and I. Um, like Mo has done three hundred some odd games on the Game Boy now. Um, awesome. Like Gron and Hero and I are in the two hundred thirty range now. So um, we've come across a few games that are not as well known, but are really hard. Uh, and we've come across some games that are not well known at all and just super easy uh really should have even been a game you know so um it's 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 a fun challenge the hardest thing right now but like going back to swamp thing is like there was none of this so like mo and i had to figure out how to play the game and i gave up because like i don't have time to, to deal with this anymore i have other things i need to get done and then mo eventually found out with various weird button combinations that you can do certain things and attack certain ways and it's how you get health back and save the environment and whatnot. But it took him hours to figure this out. And then once he figured it out, he beat the game in 20 minutes. Um, and he posted a video like, hey, this is how to play Swamp Thing. And then he had an intro of it. Like, these are the controls. This is how to play it. And then he played through the game and, and beat it. And I was just like, wow, I'm really glad that we have to do this now. So... Um, Mo and I have definitely gotten to the point where we've we've had to do that with a few games now. Um, I've had to do it with all of the Wisdom Tree games, so all of the Bible games for the Game Boy. Uh, there is just like there's videos out there, but there are videos of like making fun of how bad the games are. They're not like informative, like how to play the game videos. Yeah, yeah. Mm. Um, I'm like I'm in the process of not so much like the gameplay of it, but I'm in the process of like physical restorations like i have like i said three boxes of manuals that i have to still scan through i have five issues of of game boy comic books that i have to scan through still you know labels and boxes and like i'm, I'm into more of like the the physical uh pr pr preservation of a game than say like the actual gameplay of it um and more legs and mo are more into like the gameplay like aspect of of sharing and preserving so like legs can rob up now from physical carps carts to save the rom files you know and mo just goes through and plays all the games that we can't you know that we 
language barrier to kids. There's a lot of Japanese games that we can't play because we don't know Japanese. So, um, but yeah, it's it's a it's a challenge. It's fun. It's a lot of time, <laughs> but uh, it's a it's a good time. Um, so a super squidlet, squid squat. Are they evil or friendly? Squid Squad. Squid Squad is not evil. Squid Squad is not evil. Okay. Um, um, Squid Squad's not exactly friendly either. Not yeah. <laughs> uh, she is going to be playable in yeah. Super Squid. Ooh. And uh, at the beginning, Squid Squad is definitely going to be very indifferent at best to yeah. Plip. Yeah. Because she sees Plip as a pest that kind of ruined her plan to protect Squishu from this great evil. And is like, you're going to help me because you broke this. And uh, kind of gets this whole adventure going. And... Uh, it's it, their relationship will evolve over the okay. adventure, but uh, it's 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 gonna be interesting. Yeah. Okay. Squid Squad has a lot of dialogue. Yeah, Squid Squad has a ton of dialogue. <laughs> I had to make special folders to hold all of the Squid Squad NPCs because there's so many of them. So with Squidlet having. Kind of three different genres mixed into it. You have platforming, you have a shoot 'em up, and a little bit of a Metroidvania. Do we expect the same with Super Squidlet? Um, yes. yes, yes, we have all of those, and we're also adding FPS to the mix. Yeah, <laughs> first person shooter. Yes. Oh man, that's gonna be fantastic. We're uh, we're taking a page from Id's book and doing a raycasting. Yeah, uh, so of. it's gonna resemble more closely baseball. Yeah, um, oh, Lakes is gonna love you guys. Oh yeah, <laughs> uh, first-person shooters actually one of my favorite genre. I just don't like military first-person shooters. Yeah, like my favorite FPS is Marathon, and I I've actually only recently been playing Doom for the first time. Um, so I've been so loving good. Doom twenty sixteen. Oh yes, that's it's, very good. That's a really good one. Oh yes. And uh, but Squid Squat's a mage. She's gonna yeah. have a lot of spells. Yeah. Um, she might have Plip help her a little bit. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> we have a very interesting. We have a very funny animation for uh, Plip helping out Squid Squat. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, um, there's also an. Uh, like we went too crazy with this, uh, oh, but yeah. we have definitely bitten <laughs> off more than we can chew. But we're gonna do it. Yeah. Um, we uh, there's an RPG system for Squid Squat spells. Yeah, like leveling up and unlocking new spells, or uh, increasing the ranks, increasing yeah. like HP and For mana stats. regeneration. Yeah. Stats. So this is going to be a major part of the game. Yes. Oh, yeah. It's, it's, it's going to be about half the game. It's going to be about a third of the game. Oh, wow. A third to a half. Yeah. 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 But there's there's still lots of little plip sections where you oh, yeah. play like Squidlet, uh, Squidlet one. So, okay, so is there in the game? A lot of times it's Game Boy Color games, since I think that's what you're mimicking this yes. time around, correct? Mm-hmm. Yeah. A lot of times the games will have multiple endings based off of collectibles. 
uh-huh. or certain things that you've done. Like if you 100% of the game, you get a special, you get a certain ending. If you didn't 100% of the game, you get a, a, a slightly bad ending. Is Super Squid Lake going to have something like that? Uh, we're thinking about it. Uh, we're we're gonna have like rewards for like finding all the collectibles and stuff. Yeah, I, like have a bit of a post game hundred percent. Yeah, I don't think we're gonna have any kind of like special like different story ending. Yeah, we don't want to uh, mess with the sure. canon too much. Cause like, sure, we're we're thinking about like collectibles to reveal more backstory. Yeah, but we're uh, we're not gonna have collectibles that affect the ending of the game because like. Growing up, I was like a huge like lore nerd for every game I played, and so I would play games solely for the lore. And having to like put extra effort to get all of them in would irk me sometimes. And so I I don't want to. And unless we want to go like separate time time routes, like on yeah. the next game, or like choose a choose an ending yeah. to be the canon one. Well, it's, like, yeah, maybe sure. not the most popular ending, but it's the one that tells, like, the better story for the next game or something. Yeah. Be- because I think of, um, if you've ever played a Super Star Stacker on the Super Famicom, oh, it's, a, it's, a, yeah. it's a Kirby game that only came out in Japan. And they have a quote-unquote story mode. It's, it's a puzzle game. Uh, think of it like Puyo Puyo, basically. Yeah, I, I've, I've seen uh, videos of it, but I haven't played it. But uh, if you if you play the game and get stars in all all of the all of the stages including ddd you get to come across a secret enemy at the end and it's grill and you don't get to see grill in any other kirby game except for superstar stacker um it's a once in a lifetime enemy that only the japanese get to see for a longest time (laughs) (laughs) um but when you you get the face off against grill there's some dialogue like hey like something 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 because i can't read it in japanese and then you go face off against Grill. Now there's two so like so now we're into a different ending, but now we have two other different endings we can extend off of with that too, is that if you lose to Grill, Grill's like see you later, sucker, and then flies off into the into the star realm, basically. But if you defeat Grill, Grill's broom is like broken and she like hangs out in a closet basically, and you kinda of just like shut the door on her. Um so they like they still kept it for the most part, story-driven along the line, but they just kind of just, like, diverged the path just a little bit of it. So that's why I was curious if you if you all were going to do something like a 100% run where it's, like, even, like, in Kirby's, uh, Kirby's Adventure, where, like, if you didn't get all of the buttons, you didn't get to face off against the true final boss. Like, you only got to defeat DDD, and then, like, this big ominous question mark pops up in the background because you didn't hit all the buttons to get the star rod. So that's why I was curious if you guys were to do something maybe similar of, of along those lines or not, but and we're more likely to do an extended ending instead of an alternate one. Yeah. Sure. Um with with the collectibles, if they are going to be put into the game, are they gonna have just like a dialogue lore box associated with them as well too? It's like you've collected uh a crown, and this is what the crown means in the lore. So you, uh, do you remember the little like hobo squidlet who's like, I, I'm going, I'm a merchant, I'm going down to Blipton to, you know, yeah, yeah. Uh, he has lost his collection of buttons, yeah, and you are tasked with finding as many of them as you can. <laughs> and, uh, depending on how many buttons you catch, you'll get a special little reward. Yeah. 
And and they're re- they're based on real buttons that I have in my button collection. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so with collecting, are you gonna be, are you gonna show like the progress on like the pause screen where it's like you've collected five out of twenty buttons or yeah? But we haven't yeah. made that yet. <laughs> sure. I think I have it in the pause screen actually. Oh, you do? Oh, yeah. okay, cool. Well, Sam made it. <laughs> <laughs> This game is big enough where we don't always know what the other person has done. Yeah. Yeah. We've like That's fair. We've we have like a whiteboard in our room now where we like write down all the stuff we've done, but like we've been working on this for almost for actually yeah, for two years yeah. now. And so we like just, a month or two away from two years. Yeah. And so we'll just be like, Do you remember when you did this? And we'll just be like, No. No, I don't. I do not remember when I did that. It's like, how does this work? It's like, I don't know. I did it two years ago. Like, yeah. <laughs> the joys of programming in general. Yeah. <laughs> um, let's see. What it's else? also like going back to look at your code from two years ago and just face palming. Oh, yeah, and just looking at it and be like, oh man, this is so terrible. Like, man, I suck. Yeah. Like, <laughs> this was awful. <laughs> Yeah, the amount of times I've done that, like I'll pull up an HTML page and say like JavaScript and CSS, I was like, what was I thinking? Like this is (laughs) so bad. Yeah, yeah. Um, so you say you added a lot more dialogue boxes to the game. Yes. Yeah. Do these dialogue boxes change some of the output of the game at all? So, like for instance. The first one is like I'm not a uh, I'm not a squidlet. Oh, the choices, yeah. And, uh, yeah, 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 yeah. I like choices. Um, no, but they do change what people say to you. Yeah, sure. So like they, um, they don't change like the direction of the game. Like there's some points where you can like you'll go to a new section of a game, and then an NPC will ask uh, who should uh, who should we watch first, and you can choose between like Plip and Squid Squat, and so you can choose like which segment of that game you want to play first. Yeah, so that, but, that oh, could, sure. you'll still end up playing both. So Gotcha. Okay. Yeah, we're not gonna have um, like a Mass Effect style like no, we yeah. can't afford to do that. No. <laughs> no. Um are you gonna release this on Switch as well? We hope so. That's the plan. <laughs> we don't have a how, how, yes or no answer yet. Uh, yeah. We haven't how, submitted yet because we need to make a demo and have a YouTuber play it. Yeah, I mean, like and we then, need to make a demo and then the, the have a YouTuber play the demo and then submit that video with our permission request. Yeah, and we're not done with the demo yet. Yeah, that sounds complicated. <laughs> it is. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but it's worth so it. So like when you when you get Squidlet onto the Switch. I would be surprised sec- if we didn't get on the Switch. Yeah. We have a lot more we have a lot more success under our belt and we have success that that is like directly tied to Nintendo so they can look at that right. and I I think it'll be a lot easier getting on this time. Yeah. Yeah. With with Squidlet 1 already being out on Steam and Itch.io and whatnot. Like, was it still a tedious process to get it onto the Switch, even though you already had previous success on a different platform? Yes. Um, the first time we submitted, we were actually denied. 
Yeah. And, oh, and really? not only were we denied, but we waited like six months to hear back from them. Yeah. And then we Oof. got a denial like six months later. So uh, that was pretty early in the Switch's life cycle. So we... Yeah, they might have been like they, they tailoring their... Yeah. They were definitely a lot more careful what they were letting onto the Switch. Yeah, they didn't want another and, like... Uh, <laughs> they didn't want another Wii situation. Yeah, there was a lot of trouble yeah, there. And like we submitted last year during the summer and they accepted it. And that I think one of the reasons we got on is because we had a lot of success with like the the humble bundle and we've had a lot more YouTube presence with all of you guys and speedrunning. Yeah, like, they really... Yeah. I, I'm pretty sure they look at that. And just seeing that there's an active community for such a game. Like, yeah. I don't think it would have gotten on if it weren't for you guys. And uh, with all of the community and the success we had, and the fact that they were, like... They were letting the doors open a little bit wider for developers to get onto the Switch... We managed to get on, and yeah. then we found out that their testing team is one of the most thorough testing teams I've ever seen. Yeah. <laughs> I found glitches that we had had no idea existed. Did you know that if you pressed up and start after the menu was created was added to the game, like it will crash and it will crash the game, like if you press like up and start no. on the same frame. No. Yeah. yeah. Like they found that, and we were like. How did you find this? How did you think to look for it? But I'm like, I guess but that's I, why you work at Nintendo as a tester. Yeah. I'm like, dang. But uh, I mean, I knew if you if you pressed up and inked almost at the same time, basically when you talk to a somebody, you can mess up their dialogue boxes. They never complained about that. Yeah. Also, we oh, fixed really? that. Oh yeah. We did. <laughs> well, yeah. recently, uh, <laughs> the update is should be out on Steam already, and it's about to come out on Nintendo. No, and uh, remember we. We were showing it somewhere. Oh yeah, we were showing it at the at the, SCAD. the SCAD talk. Yeah, and then we uh, it updated in the classroom, so yeah. uh, that came through. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So yeah, we fixed wow. that. Yep. <laughs> All right. <laughs> Um, that's really all I have for Super Squidward. Like, I don't want to, like, say too much about it, because I definitely want it to be, like, a secret. Yeah. Um, yeah. But I also, like, I'm excited for at it. the seams to talk about it. Oh, like, man. Yeah, I know. Yeah. I can't wait till it gets yeah, out I, so I can just talk about it. Yes. I'm, I'm very, very excited to to play it. So, I can't wait to send out, like, uh, a small little wave of demos for YouTubers to play around with. And for, <laughs> oh, yeah, and for you in particular, uh, you sound like you'll be a really great play tester. Oh, so, yes, yeah, yes. once we're done finding glitches that we can find ourselves very yeah, easily, we're, we're like, planning on, <laughs> on abusing the speedrunning community a bit and giving it to you guys <laughs> to like just snap it in half. That way, we can find all these prominent glitches and get them done. Yeah. That's what we're here for. <laughs> Breaking video games. Yes. Um, so yeah, with that, we're going to do a, a quick closer. We've been going for almost three hours. I, I thought I didn't think it was going to take this long, but we got <laughs> got really carried away with Squidward a bit. So, but it was very informative. But I very much appreciate you taking the time to talk to me about this game, though. So thank you. Um, it's very fun. So uh, with that uh, closing, um, I don't I don't know when this episode comes out. Legs does I don't ever release the episodes, 
Um, I'm just a mere host and a marketing person. So <laughs> I'm the one that sets up all the interviews. <laughs> um, so uh, I don't know when this comes out, but we have Retrothon starting in April, like the second week of April. Uh, Game Boy Block is the first day, starting at, I think, 12 p.m. Central Time. Uh, starting with me with Kirby's Dreamland and going through, I think, six or seven different Game Boy games. Uh, week-long marathon 24-7 of all various consoles from some PC from the 80s all the way up oh. to the GameCube, I believe. So uh, lots of variety, lots of different games to watch. Uh, what else we got going on? We have RPG Limit Break as of right now, in a way. Um, happening in May, so... Depends on the coronavirus, whether or not that happens or not. But as of right now, it's still happening. Uh, then SGDQ will happen, hopefully, end of June again, depending on this coronavirus stuff. Yeah. So. If you get in, will you will you uh, post on the Squidlet Discord that you got in? Uh, sure. Yay! I can absolutely <laughs> do that. Um, with that, uh, you can find me, Belthick, uh, at Belton Gaming on Twitch and Twitter and Instagram um, and on TikTok now. I made two TikTok videos. They're fantastic. Uh, <laughs> I've learned how to use TikTok as a 32-year-old. <laughs> um, and then YouTube. If you just search Belton Gaming, you'll find me. I don't have enough subscribers to get the uh, URL special thing yet. Um, Sam and Alex, what about you? Where can they reach out to you if they want to or find more information about Squidlet? You can find us at Super Squidlet on Twitter. I don't know, we have an Instagram, right? Yes, we do. We're, uh, I think we're Squidlet Inc. on Instagram. Um, and, uh, we're also, if our email, email? Yeah, yeah our email is supersquidlet at gmail.com and you can talk to us directly. If um, you have uh, questions, or if yeah. you just want to complain that you don't like Super Squid, uh, you don't like Squidlet, we'll we'll read it. Yeah, we'll read it. Yeah. We'll try and do something about it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, and also, we have if those of you that listen often, we have Patreon. Once we hit twenty dollars a month, we'll start doing live streams of our actual main podcast episodes. So that means Mo and I actually have to look decent and shower beforehand um <laughs> the, so like the way these works is like mo comes back from from the bar basically and then i'm just waking up because he's in belgium and i'm in america oh, so wow. it's a seven hour time seven hour time difference um so i'm just waking up and he's just coming home so the fact that our episodes sound anything remotely good is amazing. And it's all <laughs> thanks to legs. So, um, and yeah, if you have, a, if you are a patron, you get a special little thing in our discord. Uh, the, this is game boy discord. If you don't want to do subscribing, but you still want to do something, we have a PayPal as well too. DM either Mo, myself, or Legs if you do do a PayPal thing because we can't tie PayPal to Discord and I want to thank you in some way or another. So please let us know on that. And you can find all this information on gbrunners.com slash TIGB. Uh, we're eventually going to get our stuff onto YouTube as well too. It's just a slow process. We're all really busy right now. So yeah, again, I want to thank... Sam and Alex for coming up on the podcast and talking about Squidlet and a little bit about Super Squidlet. Uh, I've my eyes have been opened to a lot more of the lore than I 
anticipated and thought was going to happen. So this was fantastic. Oh, yeah. uh, and so with that, uh, thank you all for hanging out. Next episode you'll hear is from Mo and I, and I believe it's going to be the Bonk series with <gasps> Lat Mackie as our special guest. Oh. So, so yeah, stay tuned for that. Thank you, everyone. Bye. 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 I, like I squeak in real life. I wiggle when I'm happy. I yeah. I am a squidlet.